I was like rolling my eyes. I'm like you where I'm a skeptic at everything, even though I've experienced so much. I mean, I literally traveled the world and saw blind people see, you know what I mean? Like I've seen everything. I went to Germany. There was a girl who put a key, she put a key like this and she would go like this and it would just start spinning in her hand. Like I've seen everything. And I still am so skeptical and think everybody's trying to BS me in some way, right? I'm Frank Elleridi and you're listening to the Life Stylist Podcast. Fasten your seatbelts, kids. Our guest today is Frank Elleridi. This is episode 398. We're talking about unlocking the emotion code and third eye vision. You can find the show notes for this episode at lukestory.com slash frank. And before we forget, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors, Leela Quantum Tech, Upgraded Formulas, Blue Blocks, and Higher Dose, four incredible companies about which you'll learn more later. Today's guest, Frank Elleridi, is an incredible guy, just a beautiful soul, a a fountain of wisdom, and a great friend, so I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Covering everything from Syrian refugee camps to the Academy Awards, Frank is a four-time Emmy award-winning journalist, working mostly for ABC Network News and Extra TV. And you might have also seen him on Good Morning America and ABC's digital platforms, most notably giving viewers a backstage look into Dancing with the Stars. However successful Frank might have been working in the mainstream media, he always wanted a place to tell the stories that he couldn't tell on TV. So he created a YouTube channel with a focus on spirituality, as well as the best and latest treatments in health and beauty, which you can find, by the way, at youtube.com slash We'll post that link in the show notes. And Frank is also the co-founder of Modern Nirvana, along with his friends Kat Graham, a former guest on the show, and Bryant Wood. Now, the goal of Modern Nirvana is to be a catalyst for transformation in people's lives to inspire them to take control of their spiritual and physical well-being, kind of like the purpose of this show, by sharing both ancient practices and modern biohacks on their YouTube channel and at their annual conference, at which my wife Allison and I were recent guest speakers here in Austin. Here's some of the wild stuff Frank and I get into in this episode. The beautiful story of his Lebanese heritage and their Druze religion, how he left his life in traditional journalism to become a spiritual explorer, his views on mainstream media as a former insider, how A Course in Miracles shaped his outlook on life, Frank's journey to discovering plant medicines and the lessons he's learned from them, his ongoing relationship with an Indian healing master, even though this master is no longer in his body. Frank offers some thoughtful tips for integration of spiritual experiences and using emotion codes to release past trauma that are being held in the body, which Frank demonstrated with me live on this podcast in order to help me get over my shyness around singing. Super vulnerable and frankly embarrassing moment, but it was really cool. So I can't wait for you guys to hear Uh, And in some cases, if you're watching this uh, video, to see Frank in action. We also talk about Frank's insane work with third eye vision that led eventually to a blindfolded go-kart race. This part of the conversation is going to blow your mind. And finally, how Frank's amazing conference, Modern Nirvana, came to fruition and their plans for the future. So get ready to expand your mind as to what's possible in the human experience with Frank Elleridi on the Lifestylist Podcast. All right, Frank, here we go, man. Finally getting it done. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so how are Hello. you, man? I'm so well. You I'm are? so well. Yeah, I drove here from Houston. 
And like you, I moved to Texas uh, a year ago and I've just been so happy here. And you grew up in LA, right? I grew up in LA. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what prompted your move to Texas? This is something I get asked a lot. Yeah. Um, probably similar to you. Uh, in a way, I was kind of, I felt, I started to feel suffocated by being in that giant city, EMF towers everywhere. And, and then there's a pandemic going on, if you haven't heard. And I'm sitting there realizing I'm paying three grand a month for this tiny apartment and I could be living in a house in Texas and I'm stuck at home anyway. And so that kind of did it. And since I've moved here, there's been like 10 other reasons why I'm noticing that I like it better. Why did you choose uh, Houston? You know, everyone I know that's migrated from California or New York has obviously settled in Austin. It's yeah. just like people just automatically do that. Um, yeah. When we decided, we had quite a few friends that already had moved here or were from here. So it was, we didn't even think of other cities in yeah. Texas, but why did you end up in Houston? Yeah, it's funny because people assume Austin always. So when, when they're yeah. like, oh, you're in Texas now? How's Austin? Like, yeah, they don't yeah. even ask where I am. They just assume Austin. Totally, yeah. Right? Um, and I was, uh, I chose Houston because my parents and my little brother live there. Oh, okay. So even though we grew up in LA, they moved here like 15 years ago. And me and my sister went back to LA and my brother stayed. And so it's my mom, dad, and brother. Oh, cool. Um, and I do like Houston, but I think that uh, within the next few months, I'll leave. I, um, I don't think Austin, I think Dallas. Oh, really? Yeah, I really like Dallas. I oh, went cool. there for work for, I was doing a story for Good Morning America and I was there for two weeks. And I was like, oh, I really like it here. I think I'm going to move. And that was like a month ago. Wow. So I think wow. I think in March or April, I'll be in Dallas. Cool. Well, yeah. congratulations on being an outlier. You know? Thank you. It feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> doing, your own, doing your own thing. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is, or what's interesting is that you can, we're learning now, there's like a little crack in the matrix where we're learning that you can actually do what you do, whatever it is, anywhere. There used to be this idea that you had to live in New York or in LA or in whatever, whatever business you were in. And now people are realizing you can actually live anywhere and these rules don't actually exist. These limitations are just in our heads. Um, yeah, it took me a long time to realize that. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I don't know, when I worked in the fashion industry, I think I probably did have to live in LA. But once I got out of that, it took me a long time to get out of that conditioning yeah. to realize like, oh, what I do now with podcasting and speaking and yeah. things like that. Yeah, I could be pretty much anywhere. But I would say even as a stylist, it's that's not the case anymore. I mean, you could live in Georgia and <laughs> you could live you in Atlanta. I know, ago. right? Yeah. But you could live in Atlanta yeah. and you could still, like some of the best makeup artists in the world are working on sets in Toronto or in Atlanta or wherever. That's true. And then beyond that, there's now YouTube channels, podcasts, like there's people doing tutorial videos. You could be a stylist on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like there's, you could do anything anywhere now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, I figured it out eventually. Yeah. And now, of course, yeah. that I'm here, I'm like, oh, duh, I could have done this a long time ago, but, you know, is what it is. Yeah, same. Um, speaking of your family, tell us about your Lebanese heritage. I've always, you have such an interesting look. I'm sure you hear this all the time. Yeah, people but, always are like, what are yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> because you have like dark hair, but you have these really brilliant eyes. And so yeah. when I was studying up on you, because I don't really study up on my friends, we were friends before right. you were a podcast guest. And I was like, oh, he's Lebanese. Interesting. What was it like? Yeah growing up as a Lebanese kid. And also I found something interesting. This, is it the Druze religion? Yeah, is that how you say yeah, it? yeah. Do you know so, anything about Druze? No, I don't. I, I've never heard that word until oh, today. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So break, break down some of your heritage and yeah. you know your early influences and stuff. Yeah, so my parents left Lebanon in 88, the year I was born. And they left because there was a massive civil war. 
and it was religious. So Christians, Jews, Muslims, but not even just Muslims, the Shia and the Sunnis, like so literally every sect of every religion, the Catholics, the Maronites, the Druze, which you talked about, were all fighting for power. Since then, there's been a system where it's like the president has to be Christian, the prime minister has to be Muslim, the secretary of state is Druze, whatever it is, but they have these, like, that was their agreement of how to finally come to peace. But so the Druze religion is super minority, but we grew up believing in reincarnation and that was never even a, it wasn't like some weird thing, right? It was like, my parents would be like, oh yeah, your cousin so-and-so, he died in a, he was uh, eaten by a shark in his last life and that's why he's scared of the ocean in this life. Like it was such a common thing, you know? But what they would do in the, in the smaller like villages is if a little kid says, you're not my mom, my mom's name is Mary and she lives in this town, they'd say, oh, okay. And they would go find that person. And then they would like connect them because they would say like, you shouldn't remember your life from, from the, there's a reason why we forget coming into this one. But if you do for some reason, you should reconcile that and then it kind of goes away once you say, oh, okay, like you put two and two together, you meet your old family, and then you can say, okay, this is my family now. Wow. You know? So that's kind wow. of what I grew up in. We would even like, and you know this stuff from even Soma Vedic research and other research is the power of water and how it carries memory and all that. And we used to think it was silly when we were kids, but now when I hear all these scientists verifying the things my grandma would tell me, I think it's so interesting. Because if, if I ever had a headache when I was a kid, they would get a little glass of water this big. My mom would pray over it. She'd pass it to her sister. She'd pray over it in the same prayer. They'd say it seven times. Next sister, like it was like, mom, I have seven aunts. And they'd all pray over it. And then I would drink it. And it's like that. It would go away. Wow, you know? that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's an interesting, fascinating, and I don't even call it a religion. It's not a religion. We They're like the only ones that get along with everybody in the area, whether they're Christian, Jew, like they serve in the IDF. So like only Druze other than Jewish people can serve in the Israeli army. And like some of the biggest com commanders are Druze, but that whole area, they're like the ones that just get along with everybody. And it's not really a religion as much as it is a philosophy. Wow. It's like a way of life. So, so interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, so like I kind the, of grew up in that world, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the stuff that you're into now that we're going to talk about, yeah. it's not that big of a stretch. Yeah. Have you seen these uh, videos and uh, photography by this woman, um, uh, Austin, oh God, oh, Veda Austin. No. I got to send you these deals. I'll, okay. I'll text you this. What is it? You know, Dr. Amoto's work? Yeah, 100%. Right? Okay. It. Yeah. So it's similar to Dr. Amoto's work. She uses a different method of like freezing water. Mm -hmm. So in Amoto's work, for those listening that, that aren't aware of it, uh, there's a book called The Hidden Messages in Water. And he would take <clears throat> different water sources like tap water, spring water, et cetera. And then he would, um, like say words to them or play music to them or even write a word on, on a beaker of water and then mm -hmm. flash freeze, uh, take uh, pictures of it. And then you would get these different shapes and stuff. So her work is kind of like that, but dude, it's so crazy. She'll take a photo of something like a dog, show it to the water, then freeze and photograph Whoa. the water and a freaking dog is Whoa, in the crystals, dude. Come on. Yes, and there's. It's not just like. One, what do you mean? Show it. Like she puts. She like. Like I take Allison's animal power book here, mm -hmm. right? There's a a panther on it, and this is the water. I just put it in front of the water, Whoa. photograph it, and this shape of the pan panther shows up in the water. It is. Whoa. The, it is the craziest. That can send you down so many rabbit holes. <laughs> it's right? It's insane. Yeah. Just as I thought about that, I was like, what. 
what does that mean for the ocean, for the lakes, for the, you know, the, the woman that, well, I guess we'll get into it later, but the third eye classes that I used to do were with a woman in Germany. I've documented it all over the world, but the one that I ended up going to to teach classes with was this woman in Germany. And she wouldn't come to California when I tried to bring her to do it here instead of me going to Germany every time because she said she, she can't work that close to a big body of water. Really? Yeah. And I never wow. really understood why. And when she tried to explain it, and her English is not great, when she tried to explain it, I didn't really understand that much. But she said it like, because I always thought of water as like a purifier, right? Like you go in there and you're purifying. She said for her, it's just too intense to be that close to that big body of a water. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The water yeah. thing is just so fascinating to me, but it's like what your family was doing of praying mm -hmm. over that water. When you think about um, food or even our bodies are mostly water, right? So yeah. I bet that has a lot to do with why people historically have prayed over their food. Prayed like Allison does that every meal and I see her and I'm like, oh yeah, I should do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't habituated myself <laughs> to that. But thinking about like when you get vibes from people, right? It's like the yeah. water in their body is responding to energy, yeah, basically, yeah. and intention. It's really fascinating stuff. Yeah. Um, so you uh, you go to school for journalism in LA, yeah. right? And then you kind of enter the what, <laughs> I'm going to call it the, ma <laughs> the matrix. I don't you right, know I don't right, think right. of that as necessarily a negative connotation, but you went into like mainstream journalism. So tell us a little bit about that journey, and then we'll segue that into all of the stuff that you've been doing for all these years that's so interesting. Yeah, so I when I anytime I do anything, right? Even like biohacking or becoming a spiritual whatever, just whatever I do, I end up going all the way, right? So like the year I decided I loved biohacking, I was speaking at the biohacking conference, I was at the biohacking congress, my YouTube channel was that everything I I say I'm going to do, I do it and then it it does well, but I'm putting in so much work, right? Like the YouTube channel when I thought I was going to do that as a side thing to the journalism. And then I got tens of millions of views and same with journalism. When I was like, I'm going to be a journalist, you know, I, I did it. And I, I wound up, like you said, in the, uh, like the web. Right. And, and so I was at mostly am at still good morning, America, ABC news. I still freelance. So like I can, uh, I make my own hours and I, I take on a couple assignments a week, but, um, at that time, I was in probably six to eight states a month. And I'd be whatever big story there was in the moment, whether it was the Oscars or a refugee camp in Syria, a volcano explosion in Hawaii, a you know backstage at Dancing with the Stars, like literally whatever it was, I was there. And 10 years, you know, 10 years. And I, every year I'd say, this is the last year. Like, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. And then something would keep me in. And I'd always realize looking back, like so grateful I stayed because of all the things that happened while I was there. So um, there were stories that changed my life that I would, and I'm like, thank God I, I was here and I met this little kid, this refugee at a camp and what I learned from them or just life experiences that I don't know what other job would take me there, you know, unless I was maybe like a, I don't know, a diplomat or something, but you really do end up in places kind of like you probably as a stylist too, where you might end up in a room and you're like, how am I here right now? I'd look, look around sometimes and I'd see like literally like the queen of Jordan over there and there's Hillary Clinton and there's like, it's like all these random group of people. And I'm like, how am I in this room right now? It's, it's like surreal almost, you know? When you would um, be doing these stories, yeah. would it typically be the 
show or the network would say, hey, we want to cover this thing yeah. and assign you to it rather than you could like, hey, I found this cool thing, you guys, let me do a story in it. Both. I mean, I would pitch as well. I stopped pitching about five years ago and I just, at that point, started the YouTube channel and I started now Modern Nirvana. And so as I started getting to that phase in life, I decided like, whatever they assign me, I'll do and like, that's it, fine. You know what I mean? In the beginning, I was a lot more invested. I'd be like, oh, we should do this story. And how about that story? And now, because I'm so focused on my stuff, like, I really just do whatever I'm assigned. Uh, when I, I mean, I hate to sound so like, you know, blase about it, but really just whenever I want more, more money, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, like, this is what's funding this. Like, this is my job to fund my passion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then at what point did you, start putting your, cause your videos on YouTube are nuts. I, I think when I first met you, I uh -huh. watched some of them and I was like, oh, I got a lot in common with this dude. Like the immersive journalism, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, where I you love that. Yeah. Where you actually go do the thing. Do the thing. Like there's no yeah. way if I was yeah. doing ayahuasca, a story about ayahuasca, I hate saying doing ayahuasca, working with ayahuasca, that I could do that on TV. It would be more like me talking to people who did it. Yeah, ABC you know? News is probably not going to follow you in the Maloka, you know, no, no. hold your bucket for you. <laughs> right, right. Um, at but, what, at yeah. what point did you, did you start to like, what were some of the things that you covered that started to get traction? Cause you have like zillions of views on, on your YouTube channel and that yeah. starts becoming its own entity. Like what were some of the things that you yeah. did that started to really get a lot of traction with that? You know, it was funny cause I was doing like, Hey house was kind of like the big thing for me at the time. So I would like go meet Wayne Dyer and do interviews with like, um, Hey house authors. Right. And that's all I was doing. I was like interviewing like the Marianne Williamson's of the world. After I did about five or six of them, I found this place in LA. It was like a temple. And they invited me and they said, hey, they sent me a, a cell phone video, really like crappy quality cell phone video of this little girl blindfolded who could s allegedly see everything, right? And, she, and so she's like reading this like card and she was in Capitol Hill and senators and people walking by, she would just stop them. And like, they were trying to get attention, right? And they sent me this video and they're like, do you want to come and witness this for yourself? And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. And so I went and I shot it and it got 10 million views. And that just like whoop, skyrocketed the channel. And I remember it had like a million views, I think. And Spirit Science picked it up and did an article about it. And it shot up to like 3 million in two days. And then from there, it just and it became like, it became 10 or 11, I think. And when I did that, then ABC sent me to go cover a wildfire in Canada. And I was doing that and I checked my phone and I have an email from the girl that wrote the Spirit Science article. And she says, there's this other woman in England who's doing the same thing, although she is not a guru because the first one's like this Indian guru. This one is like this blonde British woman who's also teaching little kids how to do this. You should go cover it. And I right then and there, I'm covering this wildfire in Canada and I book a ticket to uh, England. To Essex. And I think like 10 days later, I was in Essex telling her story. And then wow. from there, because she was like, well, I only can teach kids. You can't be over the age of 12 because by then your logical mind has kicked in and you yourself will like block yourself from doing it, which I've seen. I've blocked myself from doing it, from thinking it's not real or cheating or whatever. Immediately it goes away. And I'll explain more of what this is too. But then um, from there, there's this place in Utah and they say, well, we're teaching people how to see while, we bl while they're blindfolded as well using their pineal gland. Only we're teaching young people, adults, and blind people. And I was like, whoa, oh my God. So like, I went and did that. 
Then there was Germany. Like, and the way I found the Germany one was even crazier. I don't know how much time we have, right? Oh, we have time. We have time. Okay. I, I watched one of the German videos. The German today. one's my favorite. Yeah. And yeah. they did the least as far as like popularity and views, but they are my favorite because I talked to two people who are one is very young, 18, and one's older. He was like in his 50s or 60s, also blind. Both are 100% blind. And then that was also the ones where I went and learned how to do it. But what was cool about Germany is there was this, um, he actually died last year. Um, and he was, a, he was an engineer, very science-minded, logical, not a spiritual person. But he had this like, I don't know why he was so undercover about it. I think because I do everything so loud. I can't imagine people who want to do something like hidden. But he was an engineer and he didn't want like his engineer friends or family to know that he was interested in spirituality. So he, um, he would remake videos translate them to German, but he would hide. So it was like his voice and it wasn't his name. You know what I mean? Like nobody knew who it was. And he was like, hey, do you mind if I translate one of your videos to German? I, you know, I, I need your permission. And I was like, yeah, sure. So he, he translates the British one. The little girl that he hired or asked to do the voice of the little girl in my video, when she watched the final product said, I want to learn how to do this. And so her dad, being this awesome dad, went and found her a teacher in Germany to teach her how to see blindfolded. And within a week, she was seeing. And she was just the girl that was like hired to translate one of my videos. You know what I mean? So wow. the engineer tells me this story. He's like this software engineer. He tells me the story. And he's like, and you know, the German teacher would love for you to come and, you know, do a video and meet her and all that. So I flew over there and did that too. All right. So break down what you're describing here because it's okay. just... I mean, I'm into some out there stuff. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I'm watching one of your videos today, and there's people blindfolded, like legit, no leaks, no cheating, yeah. driving freaking go karts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is happening here? Yeah. I love things that defy logic and that yeah, break the norm of like, you know, what we'd call science. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if this is one of those things like the water thing that we were talking about earlier where eventually science will say, oh yeah, this is what's happening, you know? But, um, and you know, like Deepak Chopra has that science mind as well. He's actually an MD. He was like an emergency room doctor and then studied quantum physics. And when I told him about this, he was like, oh yeah, I used to do that all the time. You know, like, really? yeah, yeah. He said he would, he would actually check on his house in India remotely, you know, from remote viewing. And so- what I think is happening, because I don't know for sure, is that the pineal gland is being activated and there's different methods of doing it. So the one that I learned was all meditation and practice, meditation and practice. And we literally were like little kids, like we'd hold things up fully blindfolded. And by the way, our eyes are taped as well. When we're practicing, it's not. But when we're like demonstrating it to prove to people and show it on camera, we're taping people's eyes shut and then putting a blindfold on top of that. So, you know, we like hold things up and say, what color am I holding? The interesting thing is if I, let's say, held this up and you're, you're blindfolded and I say, and by the way, I'm holding a red magnet, right? And you said um, yellow, I would never say no, ever. And that, like, that shuts it down immediately. It's always positive. So I'd be like, okay, what else do you see? Until you said red, you know what I mean? And it's always, what else do you see? Or try again. Like it's always positive. And they would say, celebrate when you get it wrong. I mean, celebrate when you get it right and then celebrate even more if you get it wrong. Like they wanted you to just keep celebrating, keep smiling, stay happy. And um, I think that's why the, the one in England was saying that, you know, kids under 12 pick it up the fastest because they have that childlike mind. It's a game, it's fun. We're not getting logical about it. 
And so it is activating the pineal gland in many ways. The, the one in Utah, they're activating the pineal gland by sending electricity to it. They use a method called Marpati Puti. And it is a, it's from the Indonesian royal family. And they teach this method basically to their version of the Navy SEALs. And so these guys who are like these, they have this karate background and they were studying in Indonesia. They learned this method, Marpati Puti, and brought it to the United States. And so this guy, the one that taught me it, he actually can't do it himself, but he can teach it and he teaches it and he has great success. But what he can do, I literally put like this uh, this metal, uh, what are they called? Uh, like a wheel pump, a well pump. It's like this metal rod and I, you know, hit it against a wall. I, I tested it and it's totally sturdy and I put it on a rack and he broke it with his finger with one finger broken in half. And he said he's done up to, I think like 10 or something at once. And I can't remember if it was his pinky or if his index finger, but all it is, is he says he's channels his chi, his electric energy to one place and uses that force to break the thing. And so he says, when we're doing the third eye thing, right, that they're doing the same thing. They're just sending the electricity up to the pineal gland and, and activating it. I haven't done that method yet, but I, that was really fascinating too. I, I'd like to learn it if I have time. Wow. Yeah. It just shows that what we think is possible is so limited. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense if you think about that you are actually just an aspect of consciousness yeah. and that we're just trained into thinking that the way consciousness accesses the material world is through our senses, right? Mm. But you actually, from one perspective, don't need your senses. Yeah, it's a consciousness. To access reality, yeah. you know? And, this, and we'll talk about plant medicines and stuff, but right. anyone that's had deep experiences in that realm knows like, oh, there's so much more going on here than, um, than what we perceive. So yeah, 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 that, that thing is really super interesting with the, um, this third eye viewing this, you know, blindfolded ability to view. Um, and this one guy couldn't do it. Yeah. What are some of the other factors that determine whether or not someone can, can, uh, learn how to actually see that? I don't know way? why some people don't pick it up. Um, I really don't know why. There was one guy, which was really interesting. He was from Ethiopia, but living in England. And he came to one of my workshops after I learned it and demonstrated it. I was getting flooded with messages from people saying, can you organize a retreat or something where we all come and learn? So I did, I did uh, my last one he came to. And he owns like a health food store in England. And he was so funny because um, I would hold it up like right in front of his face while he's blindfolded and he could not see it. When I held it here, like by his right ear, he'd see everything. And it's so funny because like it was kind of behind his head. So even if there was a hole, even like right now, I'm not blindfolded and I can't see where I'm holding it. That was his spot. Like that was his field of vision. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. So it was, and the teacher kept trying to get him to move it. She'd be like, move the light, move the light, you know? But um, I think that age is a big thing. Logical mind is a big thing to stopping people. For me, there was a part, I don't know if you, you said you saw the Germany one. I'm, I'm reading a license plate on a car so perfectly. And then I kind of, in that moment, got mad at myself in my head because I was like, this is, I can't believe I'm, I've been making these videos. I'm, I must look so stupid. Like to actually make people think this is real. This is insane. Like there's no way this is real, right? I can't believe I've been fooled. And like, I start going through that mindset and that pattern in my head as I'm reading the license plate. And when I do that, she puts up another word and it was like super or something like that in front of the license plate. Cause she's like, well, if you can see that, you can see this too. And she puts up a piece of paper and it went completely black and I couldn't see anything like pitch black. And it, so I think it was like the logical mind interrupting that, that expansiveness that I was feeling. Wow. Thinking like, there's no way this is real. 
Do you think that that practice has any other benefits other than the obvious of, say, someone who is visually impaired? Huge, huge. In fact, I'll say that in in my life and in others that I've talked to, the the seeing is the cool, like I have a YouTube channel and I need to show something. It's not like your podcast right now where we can talk and have a conversation. Like it's all visual. So that was like the, the visual component that I could show. But what was actually happening is extremely heightened intuition, extremely heightened intuition. Like the, you know how we all have that phenomenon of like thinking of somebody and then they call or you like, you're singing a song, you turn on the radio and it's that song. It's that times 10. Like you're just, it's, it's expansive. And then the manifesting people will always tell me this little girl that I interviewed, the Indian one, she said, I'll just think of a toy and then I have it, <laughs> you know? Wow. And so like there's, it was so much more than just seeing blindfolded, but that was like the cool thing that everybody wanted to see. But it also can be a little scary. You know, I had, I don't really teach it um, online or virtually. I think that it really is something that you have to be immersed in and do a week training and to really get it. But there was one guy that just kept asking and he was really cool and he was helping me with my website and like we actually built a friendship. And so- I walk him through a couple of meditations. We can even, I can do one now if you want. It's so simple. But um, we did this one meditation. I told him to keep doing it over and over and stay positive and try to do it outside in the sunlight when you're practicing because that helps for some reason. And he got it to such a degree that he was like, it scared me. I threw the blindfold away and I stopped doing it because he was in his room and he got to the point where he said he was like, he was meditating and his eyes were closed, but he would see a spotlight. Kind of like, you know, when you, like uh, like the bat signal kind of thing. He would see a spotlight. He could move it wherever he wants and that area would just be lit. And he was in a dark room. Oh, so he was in his room doing oh this God. in the dark, but like what? could still see as though it was light wherever he would shine the light with his eyes fully closed. But he said that his dreams became so wild like that night and the next couple of nights that he just was like, I can't do this anymore. And I was like, trust me, I understand. It's been two years and I haven't even put a blindfold on. So like, I think I could probably still do it, but I honestly don't know if I can. I've been into energetic healing technologies for many years, especially those that are supportive for EMF exposure. And there are a lot of so-called quantum products on the market, and I've tried just about anyone I've ever heard of, but few of them have had any noticeable effect. However, there is one product line that's passed my test and become part of my arsenal, and it's called Leela Quantum Tech. Leela Quantum has developed a groundbreaking technology to increase your energy level, become more stress resistant, and also helps to support your whole family, pets, and garden with pure quantum energy. The Leela Quantum products have been certified and studied by various third-party institutes and doctors, and these studies have proved and these studies have found significant improvements in people's blood, cellular voltage, allergy reduction, and heart rate variability. But my favorite benefit of all is that the Leela Quantum products help neutralize harmful frequencies, including any EMF like 4G, 5G, microwaves, and Wi-Fi. In fact, I have the Leela Quantum block in my kitchen where I charge my food, drinks, and supplements, as well as the Infinity block in my living room and here in the studio for a huge energetic upgrade. Leela Quantum Tech is a truly conscious business that wants to do good in the world and even plants a tree for every order. So if you want to get on board, you can get 10% off your first order by visiting leelaq.com and using the discount code 10LUKE. That's L-E-E-L-A-Q.com. And the new customer discount code is 10LUKE. 
Yeah, sometimes with things like that, it's like you realize that we have these limitations for a reason. hundred <laughs> you know percent. Yes. Yes. And like we can, I mean, that's why you don't walk around, you know, day to day on ayahuasca or something, right? Yeah. It's like, there are these interdimensional experiences, these other planes of reality, yeah. and other abilities that we have, but like, um, you don't want to lose your mind, you know? Yeah. I mean, going back to reincarnation, I've thought about this a lot. It's like, well, why would creation give us this amnesia, right? Every mm. time you come back, like you're you're made to forget. And perhaps on uh, one level, you agree to forget, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to go back into the human realm and I know that I'm going to forget who I am. And then this whole lifetime is going to be about remembering that, yeah, right? Yeah. But if you think about like how hard it is to just hold the life experiences you have in one lifetime, you know, going back to to traumas and all kinds of different memories that our brain has to consolidate and yeah. our, our conscious mind has to like make sense of. Imagine like if we had the conscious awareness of all of those lifetimes or all of these other kind of sixth sense, it might make you, it might be difficult to function in that way. Yeah. I've never been, I've never been one to want to do like past life regression or anything like that. Like, I don't know. I think it can be helpful. And I know like my best friend Kat did it and it was, it was awesome. The, well, I don't know if it was awesome. It was traumatic, highly traumatic the way she died in that life. But like, I can see why it might be if you have like some kind of phobia, right? Like in many lives, many masters or something that you're dealing with and you go back and learn. But I honestly have no interest in, in that. You know, I've always been somebody to try to like even why I didn't want to do emotional healing for so long and help people with that is because I've always tried to not even like dim my light, but like not lean too much into it. I'm just like, you know what, Frank, have your human experience, like just be here. Why do you have to be so esoteric and metaphysical? You know what I mean? Because it could be a lot sometimes. Sometimes I just want to watch cartoons. Yeah. Like that's all I want to do. Yeah. You know? That's funny. I was listening to one of your other podcasts and you were talking about watching cartoons. Like sometimes you just want to be uber normal. And It's I, my way of being normal. Yeah, I, I kind of do that with... I'll watch like super toxic Netflix shows. Oh, really? Like, o like Ozark was the last one. Okay, yeah. And I can literally feel it like giving me toxicity. And I know that I'm going to get a hangover from just interacting yeah. with something so low consciousness. But there's just a part of me that's like, I just need this right now to yeah, be yeah. to be just, I don't know, down to earth. Sometimes you, you need that. I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When just, you're like up here all the time, yeah. sometimes you just like, I just want yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, or even like just eating some crappy food. Sometimes I do yeah. that just to kind of like get rid of any perfectionism or kind of control. If I yeah. find I'm being too constricted, I'll just eat some crappy food and some donuts or something like the worst of the worst. And yeah. um, I mean, there's worse things than donuts, but in my world, that's it's pretty up there. About, about yeah, as bad yeah. as it gets. <laughs> Hydrogenated oil and, and gluten and glyphosate and God knows what. But I'll do yeah. it and just catch myself like observing the guilt that I feel like, dude, you're, uh, you know better. And it's like, no, I really, I just need to have the gluttonous experience of yeah, yeah. doing a donut. I think that's you know? pretty enlightened, honestly. It's like there's this one, I don't even know his name, some like Arab something, Sufi guy, you know, and he, uh, I wrote about him a while, a while back, but he, he was this guide, um, like an advisor to royals, to kings. I mean, he was like up there, he could wear the nicest robes, but he chose to dress like a peasant, right? But he said, even dressing like a peasant is becoming too attached to an ideal, to an ideal of like, I dress like a peasant. So sometimes he would wear like the most extravagant clothes, you know, because he was like, even dressing like a peasant is wanting to be too much of one ideal, like attaching yourself to, to this theory of, you know, 
being holistic. And so he would do that sometimes. You know, and I that's feel like cool. that's kind of what yeah. you're doing. You're like, I eat yeah. this way most of the time because I know it's best for me. But sometimes I'm going to get the donut or the fast food or whatever else, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting story. It's like um, I've observed over the years how, you know, gone through like you have so many different kind of spiritual phases and hanging out amongst different groups and things like that. And um, noticing how someone has the realization that, you know, I'm not my body, I'm not my thoughts, I'm not male, female, whatever gender, race. And you discard that to be closer in touch with who and what you really are, like yeah. an embodied spirit, right? But then one can be tempted to like take on a spiritual name and start wearing the robes mm -hmm. and the beads. Mm -hmm. And then another like kind of more pious or maybe a more spiritual looking persona that's also not you yeah, yes. gets glommed on on yes. top of that. And there's a trap in there too. There's so many, there's so many like attachment traps, right? Mm -hmm. Where now my name is, you know, Ananda Luke or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm like stuck in another role that I've replaced the former role of like Luke, the fashion dude from Hollywood or the bass player or whatever. Right. And sometimes I feel like it is that it's like somebody wanting so badly to disconnect from that life that they had before. Right. So I've had friends who do this and that's why I think of, I think of them who, you know, they were like maybe a model or something that's very much um, image based. And then they do embark on this deep spiritual journey and they reach like incredible heights, but then they change their name to some kind of spiritual name To It's like almost so badly wanting to separate from that. But my idea or my belief is that that is what brought you to this, like embrace all of it. You know what I mean? I don't think you need to change your name. Like who you were, Jack so-and-so is a beautiful experience. Yeah. You know? I mean, I guess the, the, on the kind of like false identity side, there's that, but then on a, on a more positive sense, there's also perhaps a sense of commitment to your path, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you think of a Tibetan monk or something, right? It's like they, they might've grown up in some true, suburban true. area and just been a householder, a normal person, an accountant, right? And then they find their true. path and shaving the head and wearing the robes and taking on a different name is not necessarily like building another false identity, but just a way to be fully reverent of their path and yeah, a sign of their commitment. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I think about this stuff. And often. maybe non-attachment, non-attachment to a name or a personality. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's, you know, it probably goes both ways, but it is, I think for a spiritual aspirant, it's something to be aware of how we can kind of glom onto these different identities and end up getting lost in any of them. Right. Yeah, Whether yeah. you're, identity is being someone famous or noteworthy and mm -hmm. or a wealthy person or whatever attachment. And then you want to ditch that yeah. and you take on another one. Um, Cause I've had a lot of different kind of, I would say like personas and images yeah. in my life. And even sometimes now, like I was in an event last night and I was, there was a guy sitting in front of me, had a really cool look, like super spiritual looking dude, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> like shamanic kind of yeah. vibe. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I should dress like that. And I was like, <laughs> No, dude, you're just you, you know, I just have my, yeah. I don't even know what my thing is, but it's whatever feels most true yeah. for where I am, I think that day and, um, and being mindful to not get attached to what that is either. Cause it could yeah. change next week. You might see me shave my head and put on an orange robe and I'm doing that thing, you know, <laughs> hopefully with some awareness that there's an intention behind it other than yeah. just kind of changing one, you know, false outfit for another one. I think unless we live in a cave you know, which is why it was probably so easy to be enlightened, not easy to be enlightened, but easier when there was like nothing going on and you could just go find a cave and sit in it, you know, thousands of years ago. 
Yeah. You know, because now we have so many choices. Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing, like you go on a spiritual retreat, right? And it's mm -hmm. like, you get so grounded and centered mm -hmm. and you're so in touch. And it seems like, oh, I need to live like this. Every yeah. time I've been, Me too. I'm been like, to this an is my new life. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone that's ever spent some time at a good ashram be like, oh, I'm just going to give up everything and yeah. just be like this. Yeah. But then it's like, <laughs> you know, you want to take what you're learning and integrate yeah. it and go back into your life, which is the, of course, the challenging part. Yeah. Um, that was modern nirvana like that's kind of what it came from some the company that i started with cat and brian yeah. modern nirvana was about like taking what you learn and and bring it into the world like that's there was like nirvana and then there's this modern nirvana where you're you are in nirvana but here like living in the dream being a part of it in a nirvana state of mind oh that's cool you know? i didn't know that yeah uh, i want to get into modern nirvana in a little bit too yeah. it's uh people have probably heard me talk about it because Alice and I came and spoke at your yeah. event here in Austin, which was awesome. We're going to try to fin uh, try to weasel you guys in again. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> and I, I hope you do it here again because it's yeah. like right down the street. Yeah. Um, but I know you're a student of A Course in Miracles. And, you know, I've, I feel like after almost seven years in this podcast, I've done my best to find kind of the foremost expert on each thing that's been big and influential in our culture. And I guess Marianne Williamson might be one of yeah. the the most well-known um, students and teachers of that. Um, there have been various times where I've tried to get into A Course in Miracles and so many of the teachers like David Hawkins and different people like that, that I've uh, followed and learned from have borrowed from it. But in terms of like sitting down with the Course in Miracles workbook and doing it for a year or yeah. whatever it is, I'm like I've a few times made it to day eight, you know, and then, and then I've kind of fallen off and I've tried to listen to the audio and it's like, I totally relate to all yeah. of the teaching makes perfect sense to me, uh, but it's it's one that's been more challenging for me to apply, I guess you could say. Um, how did you discover A Course in Miracles and um, how have you applied it in your life for people that aren't familiar with the just the basics of that with The teaching. basics, yeah. The, the thing is with A Course in Miracles, and it might be kind of like 12 steps for you, I think, because for me, A Course in Miracles was really um, transformative. And I, I feel like, and I read it about 12 years ago. And I think that that was the time that was, well, read it for the first time. That was the time that I feel like I went from a crazy person, like insane, which I don't mean insane like like Looney Tunes. I mean insane as in like everybody else in the world right now. Like just people are insane and they don't realize they are. And then you go from ins insane thinking <laughs> to not insane, right? And And what that means is like, for example, insane thinking is, in order for me to win, this person needs to lose. Or if that person is making money, it means I'm not making money. Or um, separation, right? All of these things, like even separation, which I know I'm talking to somebody who's done a lot of work spiritually and you understand the idea of like, you and I, I come from one source and there's no separation, but we think we're separated. But it, go, it teaches that lesson in like 40 ways. And what's cool about the workbook is you get to, let's, let's say, lesson eight. And then when you get to lesson 15, you're like, oh, that's why they taught me lesson eight so that I could now understand 15. You know what I mean? Like it was done in such an order. Like the first one is like, um, I don't know what anything means. And you literally, <laughs> you literally right? It's like first yeah. lesson. I don't yeah. know what anything means. And you literally yeah. have to just look around the room and say, I don't know what that camera means. Or I don't know what it's for. I don't know what Luke is for. I don't know what this sock is for. I don't know what the carpet is for. You literally just start with, I don't know what anything is for and what it means, why it's here. And I think once you get to that place and then further and further down the, down the line of like surrendering and shedding, 
you're now creating space for truth to enter. You know, like the Course in Miracles says, truth cannot enter if there's any place in your heart that mars its welcome. So if you, the truth is available, it's there, it's whenever you need it, but it will not come if you don't want it. You know, as long as you walk around like, I already know, I know, I know, great, you already know, then you know. So I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't need to come to you then because you already know. But as soon as you admit, like, I don't know anything, and I still try to have that always. I don't know anything. I don't know. Maybe I think it's this. I think it's the pineal gland. That's, I don't know. You know, it's like I always try to have that mentality. And um, one way that I applied it is I noticed with, with people. So like I was at a pharmacy, I think like a few months ago, and my friend Brian was with me. And there's this medication that I've gotten a hundred times. And I, or I went to go get it and they were like, um, yeah, it's $600. And I was like, no, it's like, I get it for like 30 bucks every time. And the guy, by the way, first like 20 minutes, literally not looked up. I don't, you couldn't tell me what I looked like. He never once looked at me. He was like staring at the computer and just like having a conversation with me, never made eye contact. And I, and I was like talking to Brian. I was like, watch. And, then, and I, so I started saying in my head, it's a line from A Course in Miracles. It is not this I would look upon. I trust my brother who is one with me. And I just kept saying it. And then I would also say another line, um, give, me, give me your blessing, holy son of God. Give me your blessing, holy son of God. And I would just keep saying it. So I'm not saying it to him, but I'm thinking it, I'm projecting it onto him, right? Give me your blessing. So now in my head, I've transformed this... Um, attacker into my savior. Literally, he's my savior now. I'm like, give me your blessing, you know? And by the end of it, he not only got it for me, the medication cheaper than I normally got it, but he spent like two hours working on it and called me to come back to the pharmacy when it was ready. And I was like, thank you so much for all that effort and like everything you did. And he said, oh yeah. He's like, I never do that for anybody. I just, I never, I never would spend two hours on one prescription trying to do that for somebody, but I just felt like I should. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. You know, he, he became a savior in a way, you know? And so even though I haven't studied A Course in Miracles in like 10 years, you know, though I always go back to the lessons. I go back to the lessons. If I'm thinking too much, it says, if you say this, your ego will continue to talk, but you won't hear it which is um, uh, God himself is incomplete without me. God himself is incomplete without me. And they say, just say that to yourself whenever you're thinking too much. And so I always go back to A Course in Miracles. And it's, you know, you mentioned plant medicine earlier in ayahuasca. Even in those moments, there's like, you know how you get those downloads and you just like, it's, it's a sudden knowing. You didn't hear a voice. You didn't see anything, but you just got a download. I'll get those sometimes on plant medicine or in ceremony or meditation. And then I go back to like, I'm like, oh yeah, A Course in Miracles talks about that. A Course in Miracles teaches that. Like there was always some kind of foundational thing in A Course in Miracles. I always kept going back to it. You know, there's, there's just so much and yeah, oh, I could go on and on. Yeah, I relate to that. It's like, um, as you mentioned, the 12 steps, like those yeah. teachings, the teachings are very similar. I think the Course in Miracles is just kind of bigger and more dense, yeah. right? And if you want to, yeah. there's a 365 lessons instead of 12, you yeah, know, or yeah, something, basically. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's funny. The other day I was, someone reached out to me and they're, they're already sober, but they just did it in a different way. And they're mm. like, I'm really curious about these 12 steps because the, that teaching just transformed my life so much. And it was so funny because I, I was like, okay, so the first one is this. And I, I tried to recite it and it had eluded me, you mm. know, the actual words. Yeah. And then it, you know, came to me a moment later, but I was like, wow, I can't believe that. I mean, I've literally read that and digested those couple sentences thousands of times over those past uh, many years. And then I realized it was like, it's not about the words. It's about that it just became part of the fabric of 
who yeah. I am, my integrity, right? It's like, I'm powerless over something, right? I'm honest with myself. It's like just the, it's not even the words. It's like the message behind the words. It's what they convey. Yeah. I think when you study something and then you actually apply it, it's almost like the teaching isn't necessary anymore, yeah. right? It's just, yeah. and then it comes to you in strange ways at strange times, yeah. as you described, you know, in medicine, you're like, oh, this is that spiritual principle and it's arriving, mm-hmm. you know, organically on its own accord. And you realize, oh, there's, there's a, I have a lock that that key fits already, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, with your plant medicine stuff. And I was listening to one of your podcasts recently and you're like, yeah, I think I'm done. I think I've learned everything that I've learned. Um, give me a little bit of a history of how you started exploring that as, I mean, you know, you're into some out there stuff, but you're also a guy that works for the mainstream media and is, you know, yeah. kind of a part of society more so than some people that would be drawn to that. What, what kind of led your curiosity in that direction? What's funny also about like mainstream media is that they, within the newsroom would always like it was like a known thing. I never would be, I never would be like, Hey guys, I need a week off. I'm going to Costa Rica. I would be like, I'm going to go work with ayahuasca in Costa Rica. And they'd be like, what? Like, tell us more. And so I was always very open about it. And even like the bureau chief who basically oversees, um, his job is to assign all the reporters, all the producers, all the camera people. He like tells everybody where to go and what to do. He's like the boss. And, um, he would always be like, Frank, you're a walking segment 13 or whatever it was. That was our (laughs) like kind of trendy hippie segment, you know, like whatever's like the new thing right now, like chaga or, you know, whatever, you know, uh, cupping is like the thing. Like that was our like segment 13. And, uh, he's like, you're a walking segment 13. Cause I always was trying new things. Like even I remember getting like 30 million stem cell injections. And at that time, it was like six, seven years ago. No one, no one was, was doing it the way they're doing it now, where there's like actual IV lounges and stuff. And it was a very, it still is kind of a boutique thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would always do this stuff. And so with ayahuasca, it started as like, I connected with my inner child. And I remember just like deeply connecting with my inner child. I mean, have, he came up to me and we had a full on conversation and I was bawling my eyes out because I forgot even that I had an inner child, that I was a kid at one point, that I still have that inside of me, that innocence and that little kid, you know, who wants to be loved, who wants to be hugged, who wants to be told everything's okay. Like I, like most adults forgot about that kid, you know? And so that was like my first experience. Second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever. I've done like 18 or 20 ayahuasca ceremonies now. But in those first five or six, it was all like me healing, me healing, me healing. But then it became like cosmic and so cosmic that that's when I decided I'm done because, and I, and I don't think I'm done as in I've gotten everything. Like that's, that's again, like the ego thinking it knows everything. It's more, I'm done. Like, I don't know how much the mind is capable of handling and I've gotten a glimpse of like oneness and there was a moment where I'm like laying there and I'm just going through it. And I just remember connecting so deeply with even like the earthworms. And I would like hold my hands like this. I remember I was like rubbing them and I was like, oh, a fly rubs its antennas like that. I'm, there's like literally no difference between me and a fly, you know? And then I like looked up and all of a sudden the stars and I'm like, oh my God, I'm that too. Like I, I connected to a fly and to the stars. And, to, and I literally was like, oh my God, if I want right now, I could open my eyes, like my metaphysical eye, and this whole thing would be over. 
the, the game would be done. I'd wake up from this dream. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to wake up from this dream. I am not ready to wake up from this dream. I'm enjoying it way too much, you know? And so I forced myself to like snap out of it. I like sat up and I was like, no, 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 I'm not ending this dream. You know what I mean? Like I, the dream of being human yeah. and being, oh my this, God. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. adamant that I was like, I'm not done dreaming. You know what I mean? I'm not done. And I even at one point ran out of the room. I ran out and I was like, I'm not, I'm not waking up, you know? And like, I mean, like waking up from this dream, this reality. And so I think that's why I was like done, done. I mean, I would remember walking down the stairs. I I say this, I don't know why as an example, I think it comes to me so vividly, but like two weeks later, normally I would have been integrated. I'm back in the world, but I'm, I'm walking down the stairs carrying a basket of laundry and I like paused halfway down the stairs and I was like, there are no stairs. Like there is no laundry. It's all, I'm creating this illusion. Like it's not here. You know what I mean? And then I was like, okay, Frank, that's when I was like back to the cartoons. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so like literally stopped doing the laundry. I like, I put a bunch of pillows on the floor and just watched cartoons all day. You know what I mean? Because, and now I'm like, I'm in a place where I feel really good between kind of both. Like having that awareness that that's there and that it really could come back at any moment like that if I do go into ceremony or anything like that. But also enjoy being human. Just like enjoy being here. You're here for a reason. We created this world for a reason. Like live it, you know? Yeah, it, it makes sense. It's like, I think about it in that, you, you know, when you have these experiences, the veil of this reality, this, this dimension or however many dimensions we can perceive, right? Gets lifted and it's not like something new is being added it's more like a limitation is being removed and then you have the expanse of consciousness there at your fingertips and it's i don't know it's tricky because sometimes when you're there depending on the experience you're having it feels so good and you you feel like you're at home there's not a separation between you and god anymore it feels so good right but then i've realized well if this is what this life was supposed to be like all the time, then none of the structure of form would need to be here. We would just be etheric beings yeah, or angels yeah. or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you wouldn't need a body and stuff and food and people and all this tangible evidence that we call reality. Mm. So it's like almost um, for me sometimes like, oh, I don't want to go back into the density. I just want to float around out here. Yeah. But then it's the reality that you just described is like, well, if, that's what was meant to be happening, then you would not go back in your body or in the middle of the ceremony, you would die. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I thought about and somebody. You, and then you would be in the ethers doing yeah. some other stuff as consciousness rather than being a you. Yeah. You know? And I thought about somebody who was like in the mainstream news who died in ayahuasca ceremony, of course, like, the, you know, everybody picked up that story. Who was like 15 and, and died in, in Peru. I think in, in, in the Amazon and they buried his body and didn't tell his parents like this place that, that oh, was wow. facilitating. So it was kind of, I get why it would be a big deal. You know, like it's kind of like feels shady, but I, for some reason connected with him, even though I hadn't heard the story in like two years, but I connected with him in that last ceremony where I, where I decided to stop doing, working with the medicine was um, how good he felt in that moment and how blissful it was for him to let go. Like he went so, so deep that he just was like, I'm out, you know? And it, and I remember thinking when I first read the story, how terrified he must've been. And oh my God, he died on some bad ayahuasca or something. And that could be the case, like he could have. But my experience, be, I was so ready to let go that I was like, this is probably what he felt. I'm like, I mean, in any moment now, I could just, 
I, I'm in bliss. You know what I mean? And, um, and it's not even bliss. It's cosmic. It's like you said, it's expansive. I remember being like among the stars and I was having a conversation with creator and with creation. And I was kind of like this little innocent kid. And I just was like, and, and like, what if I, this happened right now? He'd be like, well, this was, this would happen. And I'm like, okay. And what if I like, didn't come back? Okay. Well, you'd be here. And, but, and I was like, well, what about my mom? Like, if she's going to miss me. And he's like, yeah, she'll, she's still there. You'll still be there too. It's, everything is still there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like talking yeah. so calmly and kind of like, and I was just like asking all my questions like, okay, but what if I did this? It's so interesting. I mean, it's just so interesting um, to be in that space where it's so expansive and you can ask anything and get the answer. But also like not frightening, but um, I think takes work to like make the decision of I want to come back once you get to like that extremely out of your body. I think by now most of us know that minerals are important, but it's really tough to know which minerals to take without knowing what you need. And mineral imbalance is a huge issue, so guesswork is pretty sketchy. Wouldn't it be great to know not only what minerals you need and which mineral levels are too high? Well, I recently found a very cool way to accurately test all of that and take the guesswork and wasted supplement spending out of the equation. I'm talking about upgraded formulas, upgraded hair test, and consultation. It's really fast and easy to do. You just cut a couple small hair samples, mail it in, and then book your consultation, during which one of their expert staff explains your mineral levels and even your heavy metal toxicity. We just sent in my wife Allison's test and got some good and not so good news. She was luckily very low in lead and mercury, which is awesome, but we also found high aluminum, which is less than ideal. Luckily, her mineral levels look super solid overall, but her magnesium levels were a bit high and her selenium a bit low. So with that accurate information at hand, we did a heavy metals detox protocol to get that aluminum down and also determined that she does not need to supplement magnesium for the time being, but that it would do her some good to up her selenium intake. And not only does upgraded formulas have you covered on the test and consultation, but they also happen to make the best absorbed nano minerals I've ever found. Getting your minerals right can sort out hidden deficiencies that are affecting thyroid, adrenal, and many other systems in your body. So I highly recommend you check out the test and consultation at upgradedformulas.com. Now, you can also save 15% off your first purchase by using the code Luke at checkout. That link, again, is upgradedformulas.com. What do you think some of the downsides or risks of, uh, of those experiences for people? I always like to throw that in because yeah, yeah. having had um, only positive experiences myself, I sometimes feel like, okay, I have a sense of responsibility and not just being a cheerleader. Like right, everyone right. should go do plant medicines. Every time true, I do true. them, I'm like uh, in the middle of it. And after I'm like, okay, I need to tell everyone, everyone, everyone is, you know, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, you know, there are, I'm sure people for whom it's not appropriate um, or maybe ever. And for some, perhaps not at different stages of their life and things like that. What, yeah. what do you think? Like, has anything ever gone wrong for you or what's your take on how someone could help discern whether or not something like that would be appropriate. I mean, I think it's such a personal choice, you know, and, and like, like, like you, I'm not, I'm not a like medical expert in this field. I don't study plant medicine, just it's all anecdotal. And I've only really had positive experiences too. But I would say like, if somebody has a history already of being overly paranoid or maybe schizophrenic or bipolar or something, then like, maybe, maybe I would not do it. Um, you know, I wouldn't do that. Um, 
if if it's something like depression or anxiety, I would highly recommend it. Like I can't think of anything better for somebody who's, especially if like not even ayahuasca, but like psilocybin or something, you know? Um, I've worked with so many people or even like when I go to to these retreats, I'll, I remember there was one video that I did at Rhythmia, right? In Costa Rica. And, and this woman and her daughter were walking out as I was walking in. It was my first day and it was their last day. And they were like so smiley. And I just took out my phone, you know, as you do, like just like start right then and there. And so I took it out and I was like, hey, um, do you guys mind telling me about your experience, you know, as you leave? And they were like, oh my God, we're so happy. And the daughter and the mom were like hugging. And the mom goes, yeah, my husband six months ago shot himself in the head, died. And a month later, my son did the same thing. And so this girl's um, brother and dad, and then this woman's son and husband. And, um, and, she, and, she, and then she just starts crying, crying. And as she's talking to me and she says, we came in here with guilt, with anxiety, with depression. And I was like, and you're leaving with? And she was like, none of it, none of it. And she's just crying. And she was like, it's a bullet train. It's a bullet train to the end. And I'll never forget, like, I still hear her voice. I still see her eyes. She was like, it's a bullet train to the end. And the daughter, and they looked at each other and she was like, I just want you to know I love you so much. And like the daughter and mom saying that together. And then they hugged. And that's like how I started my video. But <laughs> wow. it was like my first you know, yeah. experience walking in. And it's like, and you know this, like so many stories like that. Another one lost his um mom and connected with her in ceremony and then another one you know was was addicted to drugs for years and it saved his life so then he came and brought his whole family the next time like there's just so many stories um but of course then there's like the ones also who are like you know i had one guy I, the first time i ever went to an ayahuasca retreat i went with a friend from san diego and i stayed the full seven days and he left after the second day really yeah he was like i just don't want, i don't like this and i don't want to do it Wow. Yeah. And good. he heard people talking about aliens and stuff <laughs> and it freaked him out and well, he left. So, good, good for him. I, yeah. You good know? for him. I was you mad know? at him at the time. Obviously you go yeah. with somebody and they leave and then I'm like stuck in this room that we were sharing now by myself. I was mad. And then, and then I appreciated him after. And I was like, you know what? Like he did what he needed to do and good for him to not feel like he was obligated to stay or anything like that. You know? What about this place? Um, I think it's called Arcana or something in Mexico. Oh, Arcana was the one. That in was Mexico? my last one. That was it, the one where I stopped. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I think, you, were you there with Aaron Alexander? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. remember a few of my friends were going at that particular time. Yeah. And um, I forget if it was you or Aaron that told me, they're like, yeah, you do, you know, the first day you do mushrooms, then you do ayahuasca, then you do bufo. Literally all three in one week. I'm like, what? I'm, I hope these people know what they're doing. That sounded like... It was a lot. Like that's a the lot. one where I said I'll never do it again. Yeah. That's when I said I'll never do it again. I mean, that's, I a, did. that's a lot of lot of energies and a lot of medicine. Yeah. I mean, not not judging. I'm just like, wow, it takes a certain type of person to be able to like come out the other side of that and yeah. be able to spell their name, you know? Oh, yeah. I will say that they had a different shaman who specializes in each thing. So actually, the one that was working with the mushrooms comes from Guadalajara and she's a descendant of Marina, Maria Sabina who um, like Life Magazine did this big expose on in the 70s and that's what actually brought awareness to mushrooms in the West. Oh, like she right. was her, right? Maria right. Sabina. So this was her, like a descendant of hers. Wow. Yeah, like great granddaughter something like that. I forgot wow. what the actual thing was. But um, so I did nine and a half grams um, two days in a row. 
with oh them. Can you imagine? Nine no. and a half. And before no. that, I've, I had done like five at most, I think. Yeah. You know, nine Which and a is... half and then another nine and a half. And then skipped the third day because we just, me and Aaron both were like, we're just not going to do ceremony today. We need just to recoup and, you know, whatever. And then we did two nights of ayahuasca, I think, and bufo in between. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a lot. It's wow. a lot. It's wow. a lot. And um, that's when I was like, I'll never do it again. But I'm so glad I did. Um, I don't know if you want to do trip report or anything like that. Like, I should love I say, it. Can I? Okay. Yeah. Can I well, <laughs> I, I, what I was getting at, because oh, okay. I, I thought Bufo was involved in that. And Bufo was involved. And in, pretty much, if I'm uh, honest, like, yeah. I could... I could just start a new podcast that's called like the Bufo podcast oh, and just talk to every, me out. <laughs> just talk to every person about 5MeO DMT just because it's I mean it's beyond words. But you've done right? it several times, right? Yeah, and there's just one was top There's nothing in the human experience I can imagine as being even remotely close to as profound as that's been. I, I can't think. imagine doing that again. Yeah. yeah. So what What's your trip report and and then tell me about well, the trip report was actually from the mushroom ceremony, which I think is probably the most interesting of all the stuff that happened. Actually, you know what? It was ayahuasca. It was ayahuasca. Um, it was ayahuasca because I remember throwing up after and I never purge during ayahuasca. I never purge. I've purged in two of my 18 ceremonies. Uh, 18 or 20. This story that I think is the most interesting is the last time that I had done um, an ayahuasca ceremony was like six months before. And I connected very deeply with a cousin of mine who passed away from brain cancer a year before. And we hadn't talked in like 10 years, but we were extremely close, really close. Not just me and her, me and that whole family. And so I kind of had this like feel, like I didn't, when I heard she died, I was really sad and I was like taking it back, but I didn't really process it. I was continuing to live my life. And I'm in ceremony and I'm just like, fetal position, crying, connecting with her. This is like in Costa Rica. Fast forward. So I, I thought I healed it completely, completely, completely. Like really thought I had healed it. Full circle. I felt healing for me, for my whole family. It was just deep. Six months later, I'm at Arcana and I'm, and I'm working with plant medicine again. Uh, on the bus, on the shuttle bus to Arcana, I sit next to my friend Dakota, who also has a YouTube channel. It's called Dakota of Earth. And he's amazing. And he just like goes all over the world telling spiritual stories, going to India for six months, like Turkey for three months. He's incredible. And he's at the front of the bus. I was in the back actually doing an emotion code session for some of my clients remotely. Um, and when I finished, I went to the front and I said to this girl, hey, can I sit here? And she was like, yeah. And Dakota, my friend, and the person sitting next to him goes, you guys kind of look alike. And I look at the girl that I was like, can I sit next to you? And she looks exactly like my cousin who passed away. Short black hair, like a boy cut, kind of like mine. As my cousin had, she was really tall and she had short like boy hair. And, um, and I was like, oh yeah. Turns out this girl is half Lebanese and also survived from cancer a year ago. So she looks like my cousin, survived cancer at the same time my cousin died from it, is also half Lebanese. Like all of these similarities. And I think really nothing of it other than it's kind of interesting and cool. In ceremony, they give you this little, because it's not like um, Solterra or, or Rhythmia. Arcana is pitch black. You're in a dark room. You can't see anything. There's not even a candle. And 
they give you these little flashlights, but they're red. They have red tape on them so that you're not bothering anybody in their session. If you need to go to the bathroom, no blue you can light. use your red light. Like no <laughs> blue light. You would love it. You would love yeah. it. It's, all, it's literally a red light. Yeah, that's so, But it's very <clears throat> dim. So I'm, I'm using mine. I go to the bathroom and I have my experience in there. And as I'm walking back to my cot, I see her and she goes, Frank, and she looks just like my cousin and it's dark and she sounds like her. They have that Lebanese accent. They both have short, dark hair. She says, Frank, I can't find my light. Can you help me? And I'm like, okay. And so I hold her hand and she's like, walk me back. Can you walk me back? And I was like, yeah. And like the metaphor of my, this girl that looks like my cousin who passed away says, I don't have my, I can't find my light. Can you walk me back? And I'm walking her to her cot. And I literally was so emotional in that moment. And they were like, somebody, one of the volunteers walked up and was like, it's okay, Frank, I'll take her. And I was like, no, 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 I need to do this. Like, I have to do it. And I walked her to her cot and I tucked her in and I gave her a hug and a kiss. And I was like, okay, like, I love you so much. Be safe. And I went back to my cot and I threw up immediately, just started throwing up. And I had never purged. I purged once before only in ceremony out of all my ceremonies. And I just started like purging it all, like purging it all. And my friend Dakota came and he was like rubbing my back. And I was like, I feel like I'm doing it for my whole family. And he was like, yeah, you are, you are, you are. Just let it out, let it out. You know, but it's like, I feel ayahuasca doesn't just do things for you. Maybe you feel this too in ceremony, but she, like the energy of ayahuasca arranges scenarios around you leading up to the ceremony and in the ceremony. Like I've never been in a ceremony and thought this is by accident that this person is next to me and this person is here and that person's here. Like it all comes together in the weirdest way. Yeah, very much so. It's a strange orchestration. I, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes there's, there's just so much depth to our healing, right? Yeah. You have like, you go to talk therapy and there's a certain level yeah. that you can get to. You feel comfortable talking about something, you're not triggered and you feel like you're able to move on from it, some loss or trauma or something. And then there's like the moment when you cry, <laughs> you feel it and you emote yeah. and you think it's out of your body. And then there's layers underneath <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that you don't even know were possible to reach, you know, which, I think had, which has been my experience too. You know, sometimes I wonder with different things that I've worked on and I feel like, man, I'm clean, I'm complete. You know, mm -hmm. I wonder, I'm like, ah, is there anything there? You know, and I guess it'll show up if it's supposed to. Yeah. Um. So you said, uh, you you did the bufo the one time and and you feel like that's a wrap for you on that um what yeah. what what was that uh what was that like for you i don't think i even and it's so funny that i say i got uh, that i'm done because i don't think i got the full experience cuz i didn't i did not catapult out of my body i didn't see the angelic realm i didn't hear the music i wasn't there but i did what happened was i I inhaled, I inhaled. He was like, more, more, more. You know, I kept doing it. And then I, I felt like I just expanded, but I, could, I was still aware of everything that was happening. And I don't know how to explain the feeling of what I felt. You know, it's like mm -hmm. I, I went to this kind of realm where I was like still here. I was aware that I, I, I was aware of what I was doing the whole time, but it was just more expansive. And then I came back and I think it lasted like two minutes. It wasn't like this 15 minute thing. I was seeing other people, even Aaron, like really he was like breathing when he was like in it. And I don't feel like I had that. Um, it felt like two minutes. I don't really know. But when I woke up, I remember feeling like I was in a Hindu painting 
And I thought, wow, if we really experience life the way it is, there was actually somebody in the, in in their defense, in my defense, it actually was like a Hindu painting. There was, they had like, they were serving chocolates. They even like brought me a little water and a chocolate after I woke up. And there was somebody playing the harp in the corner, literally. <laughs> so I really, and I looked around and I was like, wow, I'm like, you know, I'm in a, I'm in these paintings, you know, like that when we see these old like depictions yeah. of like how life was like, we were in the outdoor area in the Yucatan in Mexico that was just mountains and trees everywhere and people playing the harp and making chocolate. And I was like, wow. I'm in a Hindu painting and like, this is how life could be so symbiotic and beautiful and kumbaya. Right. You know, and we've lost connection with that. But I do want to say also about ayahuasca, just because I'm like staring at Allison's book, is I think uh, one of the biggest experiences that I had was a connection with with nature. And um, a few days ago, there was this butterfly come home from Dallas after after work and there was a butterfly that was dead and it was on the ground. And I'm thinking, God, my cat's probably killed it or something, you know, and I feel bad. How did it get in here anyway? But um, all of a sudden I see it go like that and it like fluttered a little, like barely, like undetectable. And I thought, oh my God, well, if there's anything I could do, it's like, let it die outside in the soil and negative ions of the earth, not in my crap, you know, house, like concrete floor and so i pick it up and i put it outside the second i put it on the ground i kid you not this thing that was like lifeless starts going and it's just like flashing its wings and then it goes and then it just died and i thought (laughs) whoa like it just needed that some kind of connection with earth it did something i don't know the wings were tore up you could tell so it wasn't going to go anywhere it wasn't going to do anything but it just started fluttering 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 and then it just died but i had this immediate feeling of like why were you in my life? What kind of omen are you? Transformation maybe, metamorphosis, like is this a new phase in my life? But these animals actually, and I read Allison's book and I connected with it so deeply because they really do mean something and they really do come to us for a reason. And I learned that from ayahuasca because in my first ceremony ever, um, because I knew I was going to Costa Rica, I was like, dear God, please, like no lizards. I don't care about anything else, but just like, please, no lizards. No lizards, no lizards. I swear, I get to the ceremony and there was about 20 lizards and they were only over my cot. No one else's. And I was like, oh, of course, you know, of course. And But by the end of the night, they were like my safety net and I loved them so much because it was like, I always could go back to that. Like the, I knew they were there and like that was a reality. And now when I see them, they're such a good omen because, you know, we live in Texas. I see lizards all the time. Second time I was like, okay, Costa Rica again fine lizards i get it i'm okay with that now but please like seriously god no scorpions because like scorpions actually can hurt me and like well like so actually no scorpions but like everything else is fine i'm okay with <laughs> lizards now and i get to my room and there was a scorpion on my door what? and i literally called them i called the people at the front because i was too afraid to open the door and like they came and removed it so that happens so this last ceremony now like fast forward like 10 ceremonies my last one where i was like i'll never do this again aaron is actually right next to me in the cot the ceremony's over. I've had this cosmic experience. It was the one where I was like talking to creator, right? I come back from it and literally they turn on the light. The second, oh, oh, I have to get, okay. So my friend Dakota, who told me about Arcana, he was Instagramming because he was there like a month before I even got there. He just stayed for like a whole month and he was Instagramming and he was like, look, found a tarantula in my room. And I was like, oh no. So I get there and I'm like, God, I understand now scorpions and lizards and all that, but like seriously, no tarantulas. Like I just do not want to see a tarantula. Please, 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 please. <laughs> and I get to ceremony. We do the whole thing. The night goes by. Everything's great. And the second they turn on the light, I go, I look at Aunt, like Aaron, who's like, I'm like, 
ah, like, like get up and a tarantula falls from the ceiling onto my pillow. <laughs> oh my God. Literally the second I put my head up. Oh my God. <laughs> I was dude. like, of course, of course. But now I just get it. And I'm like, stop asking for things that you don't want because it's like, it's all there to teach you and like their omens. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah wow. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There's um, like, God, please no lottery. Like, just don't let me yeah, win the lottery. Totally. Like, you know, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. I've been learning a lot um, from Allison's book because she, she uses her own book and now she has a deck like an yeah. Oracle deck too. And uh, so I'm now paying much more attention because I see her work with it at her altar yeah. in the morning. And um, she's like, wow, this book, I mean, not tooting her own horn. She's like, this is really powerful. This is real stuff. And then, so I'm now starting to clue into that because yeah. as far out as I am in some ways, still things like that are a stretch for me. Yeah. Like, oh, a rabbit walked by, then that means something. It's yeah, like, wow, yeah. it's just a rabbit, you yeah. know? Yeah, I but question myself too sometimes. But yeah. there's, you know, when you think about the nature of consciousness and reality, there's there are no accidents, right? Everything yeah. is just perfectly orchestrated. So perhaps there is something we can learn. Um, yeah. Just for the record, I would, I'm not afraid of most creatures, but yeah. if a tarantula landed on my literally pillow, on my pillow, I'd be tripping, bro. <laughs> That's the crazy thing is I wasn't scared. I just yeah. laughed. I thought it was so funny. Oh my god. Um, yeah. All right. Let's get into the emotion code yeah i remember it's funny i just made this connection a couple days ago but i remember i think in la i think we went out to dinner one night in laurel canyon right and you were telling me oh there's this thing emotion code it's helped me so much oh right right and then yeah i kind of forgot about it but i i think you had mentioned there was a guy that kind of came up with it and had a book yeah i got an email a few months ago after we were living here from a woman and she was like, Hey, I do this, you know, I listen to your podcast. I do this thing called the emotion code and, you know, I'd like to give you a free session. So I was like, cool, let's do it. And, you know, felt into it. It felt interesting. And, um, and we did at least one, maybe two of them just remotely on Skype. And, um, and it was freaking wild. In fact, I I kind of just got busy and then I forgot about it, but she was like, Hey, if you ever want to do more, but yeah, we were working on like, um, uh, back pain and stuff like that. And, I mean, I'll let you explain what it is and maybe we can do one. Yeah, we should um, do it. You have your magnet there. Mm-hmm. But basically what happened was, I mean, through the process that you'll describe, my freaking body, I was having like basically a kundalini energy like running wow. through my body yeah. where I'm like yeah. shaking yeah. involuntarily yeah. and it went <laughs> on and on and on, which I've had happen a few times um, in, in my life in the past couple of years, but this was like very pronounced and it went on for quite a long time. During the session or after? Yeah, during. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And she's just chilling on Zoom, you know, just kind of, I have the laptop on the bed and I'm laying there, you know, Allison's wow. in the other room and I'm in there like on a Zoom with someone just <laughs> like, gyrating yeah. and like electricity running through my body. And it was, it was super interesting. And, but I didn't make the connection until we planned this interview. I was like, oh, that's the thing Frank yeah, was telling me yeah, about that yeah, he does with yeah. people. And then I went and did it. So yeah, very, very cool stuff. So um, give us a breakdown of, you know, like who's the guy that came up with it, the book, how you met them or learned about it and yeah. started doing it. So I was, I was working with clients and I was doing healings, but not at all with this. And, um, and the clients were, I was not talking about it publicly. And there was like celebrities, royals, high net worth people. Then when I met Dr. Bradley Nelson, who created the emotion code, and I had worked in Mexico with a woman who uses magnets. In fact, these are hers. I, I got these from her, but she places them all over your body where she muscle tests and sees there's weakness. And she'll literally just keep it on your body in that spot for about 15, 20 minutes. So I already knew about magnetic healing and I loved it, but I didn't have like 
a way, a simple way to use it on people and with people until the emotion code. And so what Dr. Bradley Nelson discovered is like through muscle testing, which you know about Power Versus Force, which is like one of my favorite all-time books. And I was actually supposed to interview David Hawkins on my YouTube channel before he passed away. Oh, I was man. So, such a big loss. Such that's, a big that's, loss. That's one of my life regrets, actually, is like not having a podcast when he right. was still alive. I did yeah. get to see him speak a couple of times. Oh, you did? I never even got is, to do that. Which is nice. But yeah, that's one of my lost interviews. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Of course, at that time, I would have asked him stuff that was not as meaningful, I think, is right, what I would right. come up with now, right. you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, he, so he, you know, has muscle testing and he talks about it and teaches it. And there's so many ways you can muscle test. So Dr. Bradley Nelson, who spoke at Modern Nirvana Conference, by the way, last year. Oh, really? You were both there. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, he did a live demo on stage too. Oh, shit, great. I missed that. Yeah, I was yeah, probably yeah. upstairs. He doing... actually flew his private plane to the conference. Really? Yeah, obviously didn't land it there yeah, somewhere yeah. else, but like he, wow. from Utah to there. Baller. Yeah, very cool. And he, uh, like, I mean, he flew it himself. Yeah, 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 yeah I got yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Not like, oh, he took a private plane. Yeah. So he created this chart, right? And and by the way, so the body code goes way deeper and we can do that as well. But that's like, um, I did it actually for a friend last week. She lost six pounds in one week. Um, she wanted to do a session about weight loss. And there were certain things like trapped emotions that I cleared that were keeping weight on, like her actually creating a barrier around herself to keep people away. Like we cleared that. But then there was also, she needed electrolytes. She needed to take valerian root. She needed to take more ginger, passion flowers. So like or your body will tell me what it needs. And the funny thing is I told her about, um, about uh, electrolytes. And she was like, my doctor has been telling me for six months. I introduced her to a functional medicine doctor. That functional medicine doctor has been telling her for six months that she was dehydrated and needed electrolytes. And she was like, but I never felt thirsty. So I just ignored it. And she's like, but literally the day you told me to do it, I bought them the next day. So she started taking that too. But there's a lot of connections with like, I'm telling you this, your doctor's been telling you this. But in one week, she lost six pounds. Damn. And she hasn't changed anything. She didn't change how she eats. She didn't change anything. Really? So there is like the body aspect, right? Because we're mm -hmm. holding on to certain emotions that we can clear or your subconscious might say, I'm really needing this thing and you're not giving it to me so I can tell you that. Through, but like what we'll do right now because it's the chart that I have is emotions around a certain topic. So when you go to therapy and therapy is great, but it's also, it's helping you identify what's going on in your life so that when you catch yourself doing it, you have the tools to handle it. It's not necessarily going into a subconscious level and clearing those blocks. So there's people that I've had who are like, I have an eating disorder and we'll work on it. And I'll say, what happened at age six? You have self-abuse, vulnerability, all this. And like, oh, age six, my mom and dad got a divorce and I thought it was my fault. And I'm like, okay, well, that's what it is. I had a client yesterday who, or the day before, she's 43. She's like, I'm in a new relationship, but I can't really get into it because of my divorce. I'm still holding on to my divorce. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, so let's, let's clear trapped emotions around your divorce. And I kept going to the age of 40 and 41. And there was so much there. And I was like clearing, there was resentment, there was panic taken for granted, all these emotions. And she was, and I was like, what happened? It was like, was your divorce just a couple of years ago? Was it like 40, 41? She's like, yeah, exactly. Those were the years. And so, uh, but she didn't tell me this. I'm just going to that age. I like to get an age. You don't have to, unless the subconscious tells me to get it. I won't get an age usually, or you, I don't need to, but I like to get an age for each emotion because people then will go, oh yeah, that's like when I had the thing or that's when I, whatever, you know? Um, I've worked with like a podcast host before and we did a live one 
And I went, kept going back to the same agent. He was like, oh, that was the year that I moved to the United States and like quit my corporate job. And, you know, I heard that, yeah, one. that was the one. Yeah, I listened yeah. to that. That was yeah, very interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the uh, intriguing part of muscle testing, right? Is that yeah. in, in the field, everything that's ever been is known, right? Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to know it. It's not like you have to be psychic. Yeah. It's like the field knows and then exactly. the nervous system responds as strong or not strong right, according right. to the stimuli pushing on the arm pulling the fingers apart it's the hawkins like moved kinesiology out of the physical realm For the linear sure. realm and it's so so interesting it was so it seems like you have mad, like that. doing what you do a lay person would see like wow he's psychic or has magic powers <laughs> it's actually, people i'm telling you my clients it's just it's in consciousness like you know my clients still do that it's interesting because I'll, I'll, I work with people and they're like, and I get it. I get it because I have people like that in my life where I'm like, yeah, and they're like, trust me, you can do it too. And I'm like, no, 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 it's you. You know what I mean? And so I get why people attach that to me and probably whoever the practitioner is, but my clients are the same. And they're like, you are, and, and I will say there are practitioners that are different. You know, like some are very intuitive, some like like me who have done plant, so much plant medicine and so much of this that I actually know where I'm going on the chart before I go there, but I do this to to um, double check because I want to be 100% sure. I'll even ask it like three times in my head, you know? So like, even though I know, and even though leading up to it, I knew where I was going to go, I, I still I still, re- I still, like to double test it. So I think your practitioner does make a huge, huge difference, you know? Mm-hmm. I had, I had a, a one friend who, who did the emotion code. It was an incredible story. She had a, she had a, oh, I don't know, it's kind of personal, but she um, had a miscarriage and also that person dumped her like on Christmas Eve and then got a job next door to her office, literally. So she had to see him every day. Like it was all this Dude. stuff. And I'm like, oh, you poor woman, Brutal. right? And so like, I, I didn't work on her. I sent her to a friend of mine and he worked on her. He did an energetic everything. And on the third session, they were clearing emotions. And on the third session, he said, um, she said to, the, to her, I cleared a lot around relationships today. So don't be surprised if you start noticing a difference that day she conceived her child and now they're getting married. They've, they already like contractually got married, but they're having like their full on wedding. They've been waiting for the pandemic, but they're getting married. They have their baby. They've living together. Everything changed after her session, everything, everything. And, And another friend who, um, who worked with us as well. I worked on her personally. She couldn't, she couldn't find a job. She ended. She left ABC like a year and a half ago. Could not find a job. Her agent didn't submitting her. No one's getting back to her. We did a session, and then I scheduled a follow up session for a week later. And she canceled that session because she got a reporting job with CBS, and they wanted her to start that weekend. One week later, and she's been Crazy. trying for a year and a half, and not hadn't, hadn't had any 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 luck. Wow. Or not even luck. Any you know, there's blocks there. And so we have these experiences in life and they kind of imprint us yeah. physically or energetically. And we're with our conscious mind are totally unaware that that's still with us. Like we might right. think about, Oh, you had a divorce or lost a job or car accident or whatever. And you're like, I'm fine. I'm over that. Right. I'm living right. my best life. Right. Yet oh, I'm stuck in my career or stuck in a relationship. And we have no exactly. idea that there's a connection between that. Yeah. It shows up in different ways. Like I think probably like you and people who are very in tune and spiritual and connected with themselves. They know, you know, and they can feel it, but most people, and even us, like most people, um, it's there, but it's, you don't realize it's there because what your body does and what your mind does, because it's so genius, like your mind is so brilliant. It's breathing and it is even, we're not even thinking of it, right? We're, 
Like we do all kinds of things at all in all moments. Like it, there's probably this little, like this, my body right now is healing this little scratch, like with me completely being unaware of it, you know? And so um, we'll have a traumatic event. And when I say traumatic event, it doesn't have to be something big. Like sometimes a traumatic event is literally you were singing in your room and you were eight years old and it was so loud. And your mom said, shut up up there. And in your head, oh, when I sing, that's bad. And I, and you could be like the Whitney Houston of, use it, you know, and singing, singing wise and never do anything with that because when you were nine years old, your mom told you to shut up and you took that as singing is bad. Like it could be something so small. That's so funny you mentioned that because I have that thing with singing. You do? Yeah. When I was in my twenties, I played in bands, you know, and uh, I started when I was probably like 20, 20 years old. And I did that for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. But the first band I was in, I was like, I had just learned bass um, from a guy that I had met who was in a band that I used to listen to in high school and stuff. He was in this Finnish band called Smack for anyone listening. <laughs> sure. Very few people have heard of them, but That's I was awesome, like though. really into this band. Like yeah. they were rock stars. I had their posters on my wall. Yeah. Moved to Hollywood. We meet, we become friends. I meet all these other, you know, famous musicians and stuff. And so uh, he taught me how to play bass and then I got good enough where I could be in a band. And then he joined my band and we had this, we had this band for a while. And because I didn't like know about singing background vocals or anything yeah. like that, would be in rehearsal and there's, you know, four mics set up or whatever in the front and I'm playing bass. And so I would just start singing background vocals. I didn't even like think about, can I sing? What note should I yeah. be singing? Is this a harmony unison? I just, it's like, I wrote a lot of the lyrics or actually all the lyrics in our band at that time. Huh. So I knew the words. So I would start singing and there was a couple of times where he was like, just gave me this really evil look, scowled look and just took my mic away. And he's like, you can't sing. And it fucking imprinted me to like, I still like when I attempt to sing, um, cause I enjoy it, but I don't think I, I don't honestly don't think I'm that great at it, but there's a much bigger block to just like, yeah, maybe it's not my main gift to like, no, Luke, you suck at this. Don't even try to do right, it. Right, right. And I know, because like I, I still go back to the those memories when I find myself singing. Can we and, do that as our session today? Ah, scary edge. Yeah, we can do it. <laughs> I'm definitely not singing though. But like I play guitar, I do Instagram lives and stuff and people are like, why yeah. don't you ever sing? And I'm like, that's why. It would be so interesting you if know? we do this and then the next Instagram yeah. live you do sing. The only time in my life I've sang and felt like, wow, this is actually feels good. I think it sounds good. It's it's um, in key was like after an all night peyote ceremony on a couple mm. different occasions. For some reason, that medicine like takes away that nervousness and I just sing whatever I'm capable of singing within my range. And mm. I was like, God, why, why won't this stick? One of two things is happening. Either like the block's going away or I still am off key, but because I'm on peyote, I think I right, sound right. awesome. <laughs> no, I, 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 no, I know, think like, it's the fact like that you're when up. you play in a band, there's this known thing, like when everyone's doing Coke and stuff, yeah. you like, you'll practice a song or record something. And I was like, this is brilliant. And then you listen the next day and you're like, that was shit, delete it. Oh, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think it, it did um, seriously just, I don't know, it diminished that part of myself that I'm speaking of. That's like, you can't, you can't sing, don't do it. You suck at it. Yeah, that should be our session. I would like to okay. do that. God, I was, I was going to come up with something way more superficial and 
Let's no, we should do that. We should do that. We could do it. That'd okay. be fun. Because okay? I would, I would actually. Because it could also be contributing to other parts of your life that you have no idea. Like it's not just the singing. Right. It could be that you're not putting yourself out there. Like I mean, I feel like you do on these podcasts, but maybe it's on these podcasts you could go another level of vulnerability. Maybe it's something else. Like there, it could be in your public speaking, whatever it is. You know, actually, yeah. that's really interesting because what when I was feeling in today, like, oh, what would I want to maybe work on? Mm -hmm. um, over the past year, since we've lived here, we've been um, seemingly endlessly renovating this house. I know I've shared yeah. with you, it's, it's been a really, yeah. quite a challenge. It's a quality problem to have, I'll acknowledge, but it's yeah. been extremely challenging uh, in a number of ways. The One of the main things that's come out of it is it's put me in, a very consistent position to have to have a voice and to advocate for myself mm. and to like bust balls constantly, just confrontation every day, almost literally mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. go to the house, something's wrong. Have to call the guy, do the thing, have to go meet this guy, this, you know, just dozens of people that have been um, doing the work. Uh, and uh, so much of it has been wrong. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. that I'm like, constantly like oh, i gotta drive over to the house and meet the plumber meet the electrician meet this person and it's like it's so out of my nature to be confrontational i really really don't like conflict yeah yeah and you know part of it's just being an easygoing peace-loving guy and yeah. part of it is things from my childhood that made conflict extremely traumatic and scary and just learned how to just disappear into the wall and avoid pain mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but it's interesting that the singing thing actually came up in this conversation yeah. because it's it's kind of from the same thing it's like that lack of ability to actually just use your voice it's like a block in here maybe yeah. within the body that's like uh, you know preventing me from doing that which is not to make this all about me, but for the sake of demonstration, yeah. listeners, please bear with me. Hopefully people <laughs> benefit from it. But what I've found interesting about that, because I've, I've felt into this a bit, is of all things that I ended up doing as like my purpose-filled career, like I literally just talk. Like that, if someone asks me what I do for a living, I just say, I talk. <laughs> That's like, mm -hmm. So I'm using my voice for, so for my vocation, yet it's still like the part of me that feels repressed in so many ways in different situations, such as singing or having to really assert myself and be confrontational with people and like put my foot down. Yeah. You know? yeah. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting that you use the thing, like your voice is your tool and that's what we're going to work on. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> Can we do it? Totally. All yes. Right, I'm, I'm willing to be embarrassingly <laughs> vulnerable. Well, you know what's interesting also, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I always would like think of God as like uh, this like masculine figure before. Mm -hmm. And then with my last few ayahuasca ceremonies, it totally changed to divine mother, divine mother, divine mother. I don't know. I connected with this like, you know, feminine energy, this like womb that we're all in kind of thing. And so now before every session, when I pray, because I always do a prayer before, I always address it to divine mother, you know, and I'm like, divine mother, please enter this space and let only healing happen here. Nothing else, you know, let this be a healing time for Luke and like take over my body, do whatever you need, use me to just heal. And that's it. And so that's what I'll be doing right now, kind of quietly cool. for just a sec. That's, yeah, before yeah. you start, um, and thank you for that intention, yeah. intentionality. Interestingly, going back to Bufo, <laughs> yeah. I never really had a gendered sense of God, but I yeah. think just based on literature that I've read and stuff, it's like, it's a hymn, right. you know, but I don't, I don't really feel that. It's just kind of some, uh, words, right? Yeah. But um, in those Bufo experiences, it's like, it totally nullified any 
energetics because it's um it's such a non-dual space yeah, yeah. that it's not a feminine or masculine energy it's like the maximum of both at the same so time true, so, so true so i find myself now like when i have to refer to god or or source it's like i call it an it now mm-hmm, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. i used to be like oh you know a him kind of but uh yeah anyway that's actually very interesting yeah I yeah feel like, so, i feel like i think that as well but yeah, i say divine mother now and i feel connected to that motherly energy yeah but yeah. I think it's still like creator. Yeah. Creator. Yeah. And of course it is, it is both, you know, at, yeah, at different true. times. Like when you, when I think about my relationship to nature and how I, I feel the presence of God in the natural world, it's much more feminine because mm-hmm. it's just this, it's just creation, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just birthing, birthing, birthing mm-hmm. form and matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In, in perpetuity. And so it's just like, what about when you're that's like, a very feminine energy, like hunting and all that, you know, would that be more like the masculine side of creating? Well, I've only really been hunting as an adult once. Oh, okay. Um, recently I know like if I do a podcast about something, it seems like I do it all the time, yeah. but, um, and I did a podcast about it, but, um, I think like within myself more so I, I have an awareness of when I'm leaning into a feminine or masculine energetic because I mm-hmm. find that if I'm kind of um, intentional about the way that I'm doing something, that it will help me. Like if I want to do something creative, like having a conversation, the masculine part of me is much more in the background, just kind of like being mindful of the time and have my list and, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. the container. But the empathy part and the flow of it is totally feminine energy. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. I want to have a good conversation and ultimately deliver what I hope to be a quality podcast. I'm going to really be in my heart and my body and be much more fluid than I would if I was sitting down and doing some accounting, you know what I mean? Or like managing a home renovation. Like there's no room for feminine energy in that process with the exception of the creative. Like, I don't know, do I like that tile there or that one? You know, that's my feminine side is more of the artistic, but to actually get in there and get shit done. Like I need much more structure and and that assertiveness that i spoke of but anyway yeah, um, i love that yeah i always joke with youtube videos too that like if it's a male reviewer of a product that i want to buy i'll watch from the beginning and if it's a female reviewer i skip three minutes in because that's when she's going to start reviewing the product <laughs> like leading up to that is just like so hey guys thank you so much for coming so i had this and it's just like i'm like get to the review like <laughs> you know but that is a female yeah. um i'm not female male thing but a masculine feminine energy but yeah. sometimes you know men can have more of the masculine yeah female, yeah so sure yeah it's kind of like the masculine is just and like get to the point and apart from ge- gender i mean when i just right. energetically just energetically yeah masculine is like what are the facts and the feminine is like how does this feel yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah thinking totally. versus feeling yeah. yeah and i think if you want to be a fully integrated person it's wise to be in touch with both sides of yourself yeah. you tap know? into the one you need in the moment yeah because otherwise you end up in that um you know you get stuck in a polarity mm-hmm. right and it's it becomes kind of a trap you don't have that ability to fully express yourself yeah and or especially to relate to other people yeah I'm generally a pretty easygoing guy, but I do have one huge pet peeve in the health and wellness industry, which is the fact that people spend so much energy on diet fads while ignoring something that's just as bad as junk food, in my opinion. I'm talking about junk light, blue flickering light to be specific. Blue light, meaning any light that looks white at night, trashes your melatonin levels and thus your sleep. But melatonin does way more than help you sleep. Melatonin is the body's most powerful antioxidant, and it's also your most potent endogenous anti-cancer molecule. 
And light flicker sucks because it can cause neurological issues like headaches, migraines, and even photosensitive epilepsy. And if you want to know if you've got flicker, you can easily test the flicker of your bulbs by shooting a short slow motion video. If when you watch it back, the light flashes on and off, you've got flicker. Not good, but fixable. Lucky for us, our homies over at Blue Blocks made some bulbs that only emit red light. So zero blue, green, yellow, or orange light, just pure red, which is optimal for melatonin production, and their bulbs don't flicker. Additionally, the Lumi sleep bulbs do not run on Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, which means very low EMF readings, if any at all. These bulbs are just badass. They did it right. I use them strategically all over our house, mostly in table lamps, since light source positioning is also important. Think of your nighttime lighting as a campfire, warm light at eye level, not overhead, if possible. This is what we've evolved to do. So if you're ready to ditch your blue light, get over to blueblocks.com lifestylist and use the coupon code lifestylist to save 15%. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com slash lifestylist. And the code is also lifestylist. Okay. <clears throat> so I'll just take a few seconds. Uh, infinite light. Please enter into me where you already abide and help me do this healing for Luke. Let whatever healing his subconscious needs come up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Am I testing for Luke? Yeah. Okay. Am I testing for myself? No, I'm testing for Luke. Okay, good. So, are there any trapped emotions we can clear to help Luke uh, use his voice? And are there any blocks in the voice and in singing? Yes. Okay. Is the first one in column A and column B? Odd row, even row, row two, row four. Okay. Depression, frustration, indecisiveness, panic. Okay. First one's panic. Taken for granted, panic. Can we get an age for the panic? Yeah. Do you mind saying how old you are? Or, how old I am yeah, now? now? 51. 51. Okay. Yeah. So did the panic occur before the age of 40? Yeah. Before the age of 30? You know, after 30? After 35? Yeah. 35, 36. Okay. Age 36. Age 36. Yeah. Panic age 36. Okay. Can we clear it? Yeah. Do we need to know any more? No. Okay. So I just swiped the magnet over my meridian, which is clearing it from you. Okay. Did we clear it? Yeah. Good. Okay. Can we clear more? Column A, column B, odd row. Even row, okay, row one, row three, row five, row three. Confusion, defensiveness, grief, self-abuse, stubbornness. Okay, stubbornness. Can we get an age for the stubbornness? Yeah, was it before the age of 30, after 30, after 40? Yep, after 50, before 50, after 45, before 45, after 40? Yeah, 40, 41, 42. Okay, stubbornness, age 42. Can we clear it? Yeah, do we need to know any more? No. If any of these resonate, you can tell me also if mm -hmm, anything comes up. Mm -hmm. It's funny because when we get later in life, I have no sense of time for like yeah, how old it's hard I was, for me too. You know? Like yeah. if you're like, "What happened when you were five? I'm like, "Got it," you know. And oh then wow! After thirty or so, there's no, there's no like definite timestamps between thirty and current fifty-one. You know? Okay. It, like, do you know about the band when that would have been? That singing moment. Yeah, because the that, first one was thirty-six. That would have been. Um, I probably was like winding down the music thing at that point. Mm -hmm. The thing that I spoke about earlier where I was like, shut up, don't sing. That was, um, and and I'll tell my friend Ronnie, he probably never watches or listens to my podcast. But <laughs> this is the friend her. that said it? Yeah, you fuck oh, her. No, 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 no. We're, we're cool, but yeah, I'm sure he didn't. I was, probably was off key and he was just, you know, being a good band leader and <laughs> maybe, you know, someone could have said it more gently. But yeah. uh, no, that period was like uh, 20 through... 
26 when I was okay, in that particular so that wouldn't have been band. this. This yeah. is 36. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, so we did, um, what was it so far? Stubbornness and panic. Okay, can we clear more? Yeah, column A, column B, odd row, even row. Okay, row two, row four. Depression, frustration, indecisiveness, panic, taken for granted. Okay, taken for granted. Do we need to know more? No. Can we get an age? Yeah, before the age of 40? Yeah, before the age of 30? No. Before the age of 35? Before the age of 30? After 30? 30? 31? 32? Okay, age 32. Um, do we need to know any more? No. Can we clear it? Wait, do we need to know more? Can we clear it? Yeah. Okay. So taken for granted. Okay, did we clear it? Yeah. Can we clear more? Column A, column B, odd row, even row. Row two, row four, row six, pride, shame, okay, shock, unworthy, shame. Shame is the next one. Can we get an age? Was it before the age of 30? Yeah, before the age of 20, after 20, after 25, 25, 26, 27, 28. Okay, age 28. Shame, can we clear it? Yeah, do we need to know any more? No. So we'll clear that. Okay, did we clear the shame? Yeah, can we clear more? Okay, can we clear any more for singing? No, can we clear any more for the voice? Yeah. Column A, column B, odd row, even row, row two, row four, row six, pride, shame, shock. Okay, shock. And can we get an age for the shock? Yeah, was it before the age of 20? No, after 20. After 25? After 30? Before 30? 25, 26, 27? Okay, shock age 27. Do we need to know more? No, can we clear it? Yeah, so we can clear that. We clear more good column a column b auto row even row two depression frustration confusion indecisiveness. okay indecisiveness and can we get an age yeah before the age of 20 no after 20 after 30 okay after 35 before 35 30 31 32 okay age 32 do we need to know more no can we clear it okay so we'll clear that indecisiveness at age, age 32 did we clear it can we clear more? Can we clear any more? Okay, that's all it's going to let me clear. So that's good. How do you feel? I feel super, super chill. Good. Which is not yeah. a lot, by the way. We clear usually like 10 to 12 to 15 in one session. I think we I'm did like in, well, six. I am enlightened. I know. So that I'm would like, that's very little. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's all we needed around your voice. Yeah, you know, yeah, and you've yeah. done so many, so much healing. Yeah. yeah. But how do you feel? Yeah. Uh, I feel, I feel very relaxed. I actually noticed when you started, like, I didn't even realize I was like holding tension in my shoulders and mm. I felt like eh, my shoulders kind of drop like that. Uh -huh. Yeah. I was looking out for like when you were going on the ages, you know, trying to like, Ooh, is there something there at that point? And I didn't, nothing came to mind that I was yeah. like certain about like, Ooh, 32, you know, where, yeah. where something had happened. It's funny because I, um, well, first of all, I never know anything either. So when people say like, when I do a session for myself, um, age 30, whatever, age 20, age 16, I, I don't remember anything. And it's always like the next day or two days later that I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I remember now. So I remember I did a scan, a brain scan with Dr. Amen, Dr. Daniel Amen. I've done this twice, but the first time, um, he was like, did you ever hit your head right here? And he pointed to like the back of my head. And I was like, no. And he said, never. And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, because there's, there is trauma there. And I like go to bed that night and I, I don't know if it was that night before I went to bed or the next morning when I woke up, I can't remember, but it was like, boom, light bulb. I'm like, oh, I was at the gym and I hit my head on the sauna 
on the on the like the metal around the light bulb because it was so foggy in there and I couldn't see. And there was blood, and I actually went to the emergency room and they stapled my head. And it was in that wow. spot, and I still have a little like I have a little scab there, um, or a little scar, whatever it is, yeah. right there. And I totally forgot. And sometimes we block out these things. You know, they they either don't seem that big or we forget about it. Um, but it's still like the energetic component can still be there. So, I mean, totally think about all of the things like that, that happened in your life and yeah. they seem minor. So you don't really log them in your memory, yeah. you know, versus yeah. like we have our core wounds, right? Three, four, five things that happened that were super, super brutal. Right, that like right. you, your conscious mind gets imprinted with, but there's, yeah. you know, there's breakups and losing job opportunities and all car, yeah, car accidents, ones. you know, yeah. there's all kinds of shit that happens in between that has an impact on us that we don't spend any time thinking about. We just yeah. move on. Actually, I wonder if there's any, sorry, if there's, because yeah. um, we didn't go to those ages of 20 to 26. I'm going to ask specifically about that event. Okay. So with that event where, what was your, what was his name again? You just said? Uh, Rane. Rane. R-A-N-E. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Is there any, is there any trapped emotions from that, that incident with Rane that we can clear? Okay, good. Column A, column B, odd row, even row, row two, row four, row six. Pride, shame, shock, unworthy, worthless. Okay, worthless is the first one. Can I clear it? Yeah. So I just want to make sure to get that event. So worthless is one. Okay, can we clear more? Yeah, column A, column B, odd row, even row, row two, row four. Depression, frustration, indecisiveness, panic, taken for granted, inherited. Oh, okay, so this is interesting. This is an inherited emotion. So at conception, you would have inherited one of these emotions that I'm about to find. And because of that, is is it would have been how you reacted in that situation or like if you felt something like let's say worthless or whatever this is it came up in that moment with Rane. so let's see what it was um and when i clear this from you i'll clear it from whichever parent you got it from inherited depression inherited frustration inherited indecisiveness inherited okay inherited panic is this from your dad is this from your mom from your dad it's from your dad does it go back further than him no can we clear it okay so i'll do 10 swipes this time because i'm clearing it from both of you so at some point in your dad's life, you felt panic and you picked that up um, at conception in a way like they're doing it to protect you. It's like, I felt panic. I'm going to pass this on to you so that you don't feel it. And um, so when we clear it, we're clearing it from you and from him, wherever he's wherever he is alive or not. So did we clear the panic? Yeah. But what happens is sometimes then like in that moment when Renee said, whatever, you could have felt panic for a second, but that panic is you're feeling it because you inherited that emotion. You already have it in you to feel it and it triggered it, you know? So um, were there any more? Well, actually, did we clear the panic? Yeah. And are there any more from that incident? Yes. So uh, worthless and inherited panic so far. Can we clear more? Column A, column B, odd row, even row, row one, row three, row three, row five. Conflict, creative insecurity, terror, terror. Terror, terror. Okay. I mean, it doesn't seem like you would feel like terror in that moment, but... Terror was one. <laughs> can we clear more? I mean, can we clear it? Yeah. So terror, worthless, and panic. Pretty big emotions for just somebody to say, like give you a look and be like, stop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> can we clear more? But that happens. Totally. Totally, yeah. And you can say anything, by the way. While well, I do it. Especially, you know, if like in that particular situation, had it been said by someone who I consider to be more of a peer, yeah. be like, whatever screw you, you know, but this is like the right. person who was teaching me music, right? It's like your, your music yeah. teacher basically going, oh, you suck at that. Don't bother, you know, kind of yeah. thing. So 
And the, you know, embarrassment of other people witnessing that and, and things like yeah. that, you know, again, one of those things you think in the moment, like, ah, no big deal, whatever. And then you don't realize it's like sticking in there. Somewhere. Yeah. And the next one we cleared just now was unworthy as well. So that yeah, makes sense. Cause totally like, teacher, you're learning from him. Now there might be the feeling of unworthiness. Can we clear more? Yeah. A, column B, Otero, even or so there's more. Two, four, depression, frustration, indecisiveness, panic, taken for, oh, taken for granted. Can we clear that? Yeah. So taken for granted too. Yeah. Does that resonate at all? Do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very much yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we clear more? Yeah. yeah. Column A, column B, Otero, even or row two, row four, row six. Do you have anything with your liver or gallbladder by any chance? Not that I'm aware no. of. Okay. Just we keep going back to the, like all these emotions, most mm -hmm. of them are in that area of gallbladder oh, okay. and, and then also the sexual organs. Depression, frustration. Okay, frustration. Do we need to know more? No, can we clear it? Yeah. I'm not getting ages because we already know it's, I'm clearing mm -hmm. all the events from that one incident mm -hmm. specifically, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, what did we just clear? Frustration. Can we clear more? Was that every, okay, so that's everything. Yeah, feeling unsupported or sorry, not unsupported, unworthy. Yeah, taken for granted, frustration. Yeah. So the guy that came up with the emotion code and wrote the book, he he created this chart, right? Yeah. So for I don't know yeah. if my camera will be able to pick it up. We'll put it in the show notes and people can yeah. people can check it out there. So so he he developed this system, right, with these different columns that you're referring to. Yeah. And then for people that are listening, not watching, of course, all these podcasts are videos, but when you're doing the muscle testing, you're doing like the ring test, right? With yeah. your forefinger and your thumb to yeah. uh determine strong or not strong yeah so weak and strong how yeah. long did it take you to be able to like accurately rely on self-muscle testing you know so in the beginning of my journey um it was like you know when i was talking about course in miracles and all that that was like 12 years ago um i was living with somebody who's like multi multi multi-millionaire and um family he's a family member and um he was muscle testing a lot in that moment. And he was muscle testing business decisions. So like every major business deal, decision, contract, muscle test, muscle test. And I, at the time, was like not really into spirituality. I was like, I'm going to be a journalist. I was in college and I was like, boom, you know, right? Like that was my focus. And um, little by little living with him, I would start like practicing because he was a meditator. I mean, like 10 hours a day, eight hours a day. He was a serious meditator. He's not like that now. He's like incorporated everything into his life and he's still open and all that, but he's not like when I was living with him, that's like, that was his life. And so he was muscle testing everything. And I started to believe in it because he would be like, ask me, you know, what color your childhood room was and stuff like that. And he'd be like, I'd be like, is it white, blue or yellow? And he'd be like, oh, it's blue. And I was like, dang, yeah, you're right. Like he kept getting it right. And I kept trying to trick him for two years. <laughs> and he like never, and I, that's how stubborn I was. Like, that's how hardheaded it took me like two years to finally be like, all right, fine. It's a thing, you know? And so I started meditating with him. I started muscle testing. So I already kind of knew how to do it, but I didn't really incorporate it into my life. When I started doing the certification for emotion code, um, I would say it took me like a month. So not that long, a month to like really accurately do it without fail. But about three to six months till I feel like do it and feel so confident about it. Like first I would double check myself so many times or I would like do that. And then I would do the sway test on top of it. Do you know the sway mm -hmm. test? So like you stand for people who haven't heard um, perfectly straight. And then you ask uh, a question or you say something positive or negative 
And if your body sways forward, it's true. If it sways backward, it's not true. So like I would double check it. And then more and more, I just, now I'm just like, A, B, C, D. Okay, got it, it's D. And I, I'm so quick with it now, but I, it's just like practice and doing it over and over and over. I got to learn. It's been yeah, one it's of so my powerful. unrealized goals is oh, to yeah. learn kinesiology because I'm so into Hawkins' work. And yeah. I'm just like, it's one of those things I'm just like, oh, it seems like such an undertaking. So I never, I never get around to yeah. starting it. But anytime I'm with someone that can do it, I'm like, ah, I can think of yeah. 10 things right now that I, I could really use that for. I always equated it to, because I didn't either until I got certified. Same. Like I would just ask him, I'd literally call my relative and be like, can you muscle test this for me? Because I thought of it as like kombucha. I'm like, I can make kombucha at home or I can just go to Whole Foods and get it. It's like, do you know what I mean? Like why, why learn if I could just totally. hire somebody to do it? Yeah. So, but yeah, no, now it's like my job. So, that's but so, I love it so much. So cool. Yeah, I muscle test yeah. everything. Kat and Brian from Modern Nirvana will call me and be like, muscle test, like, should we do it or not? And like, sometimes that's literally the, the deciding factor over big decisions that we make. Yeah. Because we'll all yeah. like, we'll all be like, we don't know which way to go. Okay, how about this? Okay, yeah, it says yes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a valuable tool. Yeah. It's, it's definitely worth, worth learning. And thanks yeah. for reminding me that I'm, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not bucket list. Cause that might be too long. Um, <laughs> how, how do these magnets play into? So for those, again, that yeah. are just listening, when Frank was uh, making those inquiries, he, you might've heard this tapping sound. Yeah. He was rubbing the magnet like over his head. Who figured out, I mean, I guess you mentioned other people have been using magnets to clear yeah. energy. Like, how did he incorporate that? Or what, what is that? I doing? don't know how he specifically did. I, again, I've been using magnets before even this practice. And um, who was it? Shaman Durek. I was on his podcast uh, f- the first time um, about like two years ago. And I mentioned, I was like, that was the time that you and I probably had dinner. And I was like telling everybody about this thing. Cause I'm like, you got to try it. It's incredible. It changed my life. Like, honestly, I would equate it to ayahuasca and people have people who have done my sessions who have also worked with ayahuasca. As far as the experience is not the same, but like what happens in your life after is very similar because you're just clearing these traumas. Out of all of the incredible healing tools and gadgets I have around the house, there aren't many that I use every day. One brand that consistently makes it into my routine is Higher Dose. I usually start my day on their large infrared PEMF mat which combines the powerful technology of infrared heat with PEMF for an incredible recharging experience. PEMF, if you don't know, stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field, and it works by sending electromagnetic waves through your body at different frequencies to help your body's own recovery process. It's uh, relaxing while energizing at the same time, which is incredible. So I use the smaller mat here in the studio since it fits comfortably in an office chair or on the sofa and the regular size mat for meditating or napping. You can also do yoga on the big one if you were so inclined. And I'm also a longtime infrared sauna user, but they can be both bulky and expensive. So if you don't have the budget or the room for a full-size sauna, the higher dose sauna blanket is a game changer. It's portable and super easy to use and store when you're not using it. You just turn it on. Put on some cotton clothing, wrap yourself up like a burrito, and sweat like crazy. The sauna blankets got an amethyst layer to deepen the benefits of infrared, a tourmaline layer that generates negative ions, a charcoal layer to bind any pollutants that come out of your body, and a clay layer which is balancing for the heat. So this is really cool stuff, and you can snatch yourself your very own infrared sauna blanket or PEMF mat at higherdose.com today. And if you use my exclusive promo code LUKE15 at checkout, you'll save 15% off. That's higherdose.com, D-O-S-E. And the promo code again is LUKE15. And so 
I don't know how he did it, but when I talked to Shaman Dirk about it, he's like, oh yeah, when we're clearing emotions in uh, or energy in shamanism, we use, in his practice, we use magnets. You know, so I think that so the magnet is a thing that, you know, to do it and again, I went to this healer, this curandera in, in Mexico, and she was using magnets. So she would identify what was on going on in the body. And then she would literally just, she would clear it with a magnet and then leave the magnet on your body wherever it needed to, to do that. So she was describing it to me in the very little Spanish that I know as like the whole universe is run on this magnetic energy. Everything is magnetic. And so when you want to move the magnetic energy, just move it. You know, wow. you're doing it, you're clearing it with the magnet. So dope. Yeah, it's so awesome because I'm, it seems so simple and trivial, yeah. but you should see the messages I get. It's insane. It's I bet. insane. Well, if you think about um, like PEMF, right? Yeah. Like, oh, love. You know, like you put some pulsed magnetic field on your body and it does yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. It's my favorite you know? biohack by it far. It is? That and red light. Yeah. So... In closing, tell us about, um, for those that didn't hear me talking about it and stuff, yeah. Modern Nirvana, like these conferences. I know you've got one that'll yeah. be kind of at some point in this year of 2022. So you're doing this with your friend Bryant and yeah. with Kat Graham, who was on the show um, before the last event. Yeah. So some people will be familiar with her. Um, what is that event and where do you guys see this going? Because now it's not only an event, but it's a brand, right? You've got a YouTube yeah. channel and you guys are making this thing that you described earlier. Yeah, we have a publishing deal now with uh, Chronicle oh. Books. So oh, really? Probably... That's what Allison's book's on. No way. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Are you serious? Yeah, it's oh. Chronicle, yeah. There must be some kind of synergy then. We should do something. Yeah. But yeah, it's with Chronicle. It's an Oracle deck. Cool. And um, it'll be our first one. It comes out in October. So it'll be the first time that we have like our product at our conference. Oh, and nice. I think it'll be the first time we're selling it too. The, the Oracle deck is at our conference. And so, yeah, we, you know, we, it started with um, Kat doing a show with Deepak Chopra. And they had a, a show together called The Consciousness Collective. And there was eight, eight episodes, I, I believe, eight or 12. And one of the episodes was all me and Deepak. And it was, he was a different person featured in every episode. And ours was the future of consciousness, sort of like the youth spearheading his work and like taking on that torch, right? And so they were like, they call me after our interview and they say, we need um, B-roll of you speaking at a, at a conference or speaking to a group of people. And um, they said like leading, leading a meditation or something. And I was like, okay. But I didn't have any like recent stuff that was good quality that I liked. So Bryant was at my house. We're sitting on my couch. And I was like, hey, we have um, to get this B-roll to them. And they want it in like two weeks. And he was like, okay. So I was like, let's put on an event. We'll just get like 30 friends. Well, actually Kat said, get like 30 friends and just like talk and shoot it. And I'm like, okay. Literally two weeks later, and you were at that conference, by the way, which that's, is incredible. That's Remember? the first day With I Sean met you. Yeah, that's yeah. the first time. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so that we, was a really cool space too. Was like it down, down by UCLA. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was the Art of Living, and they have like this gorgeous Art Deco. Like I would love to do it there again, actually. Which is like LA makes space. it so hard right now for events. Yeah. But really, LA, LA makes it hard for, for everything. Right now. I know. It's, it's really hard to God do anything. bless them. Yeah, right. Everybody <laughs> left. <laughs> but like, but still, like, it's still the risk yeah. of like, we plan the whole thing and then a week later it gets, uh, yeah. a week before it gets shut down or something. So we didn't want to risk it. So we're doing it in Austin. Um, but they, um, you know, we had two weeks to do it. 500 people came and it was a free event, you know, and we had like 10 vendors, incredible from like PEMF, like you just mentioned, PEMF. There was Brain Tap, there was Bagavia Skincare, Upgrade Labs, just an incredible event for literally 10 days to put together, uh, 10 or two weeks. And, um, and when that ended, the pandemic kind of like hit a few months later. 
And Kat calls and she's like, hey, and Brian was at my house again. And she was like, that event was so successful. 500 people in two weeks. Literally, it was like three days before Halloween. These people could be anywhere. They're all young. Like everybody was in their 30s, 20s, maybe 40s, right? Like really young, the majority of people. And we're like, maybe this is a company. Maybe people, you know, need this. So we put it together and, and now it's an annual conference. And uh, it's just been incredible. At the last one, you spoke, Allison spoke. We had um, Deepak Chopra. We gave him the Modern Nirvana Consciousness Award. And Dave Asprey uh, had, you know, of, of Bulletproof Coffee was our keynote speaker. And it was, it was a great event. And we want to do it again. We want to do it every year and maybe have different um, incredible speakers. We're looking at like someone like Jessica Alba this year for The Honest Company and really revolutionizing, um, uh, you know, products in the mainstream stores for kids and like you know, from what she created, there was so much other beauty brands that started to want to go more holistic and natural. And then maybe like a Tony Robbins or a Malala Yufazi. Like we, we all like now throw out these names of like who inspires you and who do you want to see honored and, you know, um, incredible vendors. Like, wow. I, I always think I know everything and I've like learned everything and I, I've, I know every biohack. And then somebody will reach out and be like, Hey, we'd love to be at your conference in this. It's this cool device, like Happy, which I know yeah, you know about. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it yeah. until they were at our conference, and I'm like, "Whoa, this thing is incredible!" Like, there's always new things that I'm introduced to from our conference and getting to curate like, it. Like Lila, like Lila, Lila is our <laughs> thanks to you. Can Leela I tell you Quantum. the story? It's funny. We're both I, I, when you were doing the reading, I was like, "Oh, yeah. this is funny." We're like Bopsy twins with totally. our little Lila Quantum. <laughs> capsules here. I had to represent where because I knew you probably would be but um, I love you by the way are a big part of me having this and they're the sponsors for our conference this year so we're so really excited because cool. they changed me Kat and Brian's life and Kat is such a skeptic of everything I bring to her and I can't tell you how it works to the point where Kat I delivered a Leela block to her and she was on her way out of the country I can't remember where South America maybe she was out of the country and she was going to be gone. Oh, Greece, Greece to shoot a documentary about with refugees. She was going to be gone for like two weeks. And I accidentally sent it to her wrong house, not the one that she wanted it to be sent to. She's like, nobody's there. So she, and I was like, well, I don't think they can reroute, but I'll try. She's like, well, maybe I can get to the other house, but like, can you put it in the block right now? Like right in the block that, that I get it in the next 10 minutes at this house. And I'm like, okay. So I write it in and she's like on her way to the airport. She needs to leave now. I write it in. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work, but I put it in and she calls me two minutes later. And she's like, it just got here. I, I just got the block. And like, literally it's like the way it works. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, how? But it's for people who don't know, it's yeah. this quantum device where you put your intentions in there. And the way I got it is I have a client who, um, she came to me from speaking at the, I was speaking at the biohacking conference. I did a live healing for so many people, literally people. It wasn't like ours just was so mellow and people might be watching and think every session's like that. But you know, you were having the Kundalini experience at another one. People on stage were bawling their eyes out. They were like, I mean, I was going to ages that they were like, that's the, the year this happened or whatever. And it, it was exactly what they were there to clear. And it, they were just in tears on stage. So because of that, of course, I, you know, so many people wanted to know what it was about. And I got clients. One of them, she, she told me, um, and she was such a gift for telling me this. She goes, um, your session at the conference, cause I did one for her on, on stage, your session, which yeah, now I can talk about that. Cause it was camera. It was on camera, um, on stage. She also said the second most important thing that I had that at that conference was Leela. 
like introduction to Leela. And she's like, um, and I said, what is that? Because I didn't have a chance to explore at the conference, like barely, because I was just doing sessions the whole time. So I was like, what's Leela? And she goes, let me, instead of telling you about it, let me put your picture in it. Send me some of your DNA. So I literally sent her some of my hair and she put it on my picture and put it in the block. Luke, I tell you, I had to call her and ask her to take it out within two days because it was too intense. I couldn't <laughs> sleep at night. Really? And I literally did not, I was like rolling my eyes. I'm like you where I'm a skeptic at everything, even though I've experienced so much. I mean, I literally traveled the world and saw blind people see, you know what I mean? Like I've seen everything. I've seen, I, I went to Germany. There was a girl who put a key, she put a key like this and she would go like this and it would just start spinning in her hand. Like I've seen everything. Wow. And I and I still am so skeptical and think everybody's trying to BS me in some way, right? So I'm like, yeah, I put my photo in there, whatever. I couldn't even sleep. I was like, it was like a roller coaster ride. And so one thing that happened is I had friends visiting from England and I flew to California to take them to Disneyland. So I take them to Disneyland on the on the drive there, and my picture is still in the block at this point. I have this dream um, in general in life that in the next three to five years, I'm going to buy a castle in France and I'm going to renovate it. And I'm just going to spend my life renovating it and that'll be my new YouTube be channel. Be careful what you wish for as a renovator. I know, <laughs> no. I know. That's why when you were talking, I was like, God. I don't know, maybe in and, that's, and no, dealing with Europeans is worse, trust me. They'll yeah. just be like, I'm out, of, I'm out of the office for the next three months to like deal with it, you know? Um, and so, but whatever. It's a dream that I have and I, I really want to buy this like, you know, 20 bedroom castle in France and just renovate it and have retreats there and stuff like that. And so this girl that's that's driving with me knows that that's my one of my goals, and she goes, Frank, and she you know she lives in England, so they they're all very European, and they go you know they take a train anywhere. It's so easy there. And so she's like, Have you thought about um, Italy? And she says it's so much better, it's easier, the laws are easier, it's just like the cultural you know it's it's more similar to like I'm Mediterranean, so like for me, it's just more similar in culture to be at an Italian place than a French place. And so she's like trying to convince me now to move the whole dream to Italy. As we're having that conversation, I get a text from a friend in Malibu who said, who I met actually in an ayahuasca ceremony. And she goes, we just got our European citizenship. We're buying a chateau in Italy. Let's rendezvous there. Literally, as I'm having this conversation. Why would that happen? <laughs> Why would that happen? So immediately I'm like, oh my God, freaking Luke. Like, you know, because you had just that morning also posted a, a picture of, uh, of yourself holding it. And, I, and so I'm like, I need to talk to him about this. I get to my Instagram to talk to you about it. Like I was going to send you a message about it. And I have a message from Leela um, asking me if I want um, a, a quantum thing, uh, a block, an infinity block. All this is happening. And I'm like, what is happening? But like, you know how this is. Like, these yeah. are just things that happen when you're, when you're with this, working with this field. Yeah. And so I can't even imagine, like, there's nothing more modern Nirvana. Like, this screams modern Nirvana is the Leela Quantum. So wow. I can't wait to just like really go full on and show people what this is about. And Kat's like all in and Brian's all in. They're the perfect perfect partner That's for so us. great. Um, they're really yeah. great people too. Philip's yeah. been on the show twice. And I think he's coming back here in a month or two. Yeah, it's great people. Oh, I'm really glad. Yeah. I love when beautiful people align yeah. and join forces. That's super yeah. cool. Yeah, I almost feel like he wanted something like this and he attracted it and we wanted something like that. Like we wanted that perfect partner and he wanted that perfect opportunity. And I feel like somehow our intentions merged. Every time I talk to him, yeah. I feel like that because he's so aligned yeah. that I almost can't believe it. I almost can't believe it because everything well, we say, too, he's like, like, that's exactly what we want. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Well, imagine when you think about like a corporate sponsor, right? Yeah, You're yeah. like Mountain Dew. Like what? How right, do you align right, right. with no, like- We can't do that. How do you align with uh, an intentional brand yeah. like that? You need 
people that are in the same zone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Exactly. All right. Last question. Who have yeah. been uh, three teachers or teachings that have influenced your life and your work that you Ooh. might share with us? Okay. The first three just popped into my head. So I'm going to say them. Good. Uh, Course in Miracles, which we talked about, right? That's the foundation. It's a beautiful work. I would say A Course in Miracles. And for anybody who hasn't heard of it, A Course in Miracles is a book and a workbook, right? So you can do the reading or just do the lessons. And it's one lesson a day. It's not that, it's not that bad. Um, the other one is another book. And actually, I met Wayne Dyer. I was supposed to write a book for Hay House um, like eight years ago. And I was still in college. And it fell through. The whole thing fell through. But what they did is they wanted me to meet their authors. And they invited me to... Um, it, they had an event, a yearly conference, I think yearly, it was called, I can do it. It was this big, Hey house, I can do it. And they introduced me to Wayne Dyer and Wayne Dyer is talking about this book and it's called the Vasistha's yoga. And he says, I think I've transcended. He's like, I only read two to three pages a day. And then I put it away and I just contemplate it. Cause it's so, it's just mind bending. The book is mind bending. It really is. It's so trippy. And he's like, so, but I think I've transcended. He's like, I think this is it. And a few months later, he died. A few months later after, after that, he died. And um, that book has been, I'm only, like how you are with The Course in Miracles, I'm like that with Vistas. I've had it for like eight years now. And I've read it, for, I've probably not even halfway through because I pick it up every literally like four months and read like three pages. But um, I will say when I first got it, I hugged it. I literally hugged it because I just knew in my heart that I was supposed to have this book. And I put it on my nightstand and I went to bed and it's the first and only time I've ever had sleep paralysis. But I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't move anything. And I just, only my eyes were open. And I remember being like, oh my God, I can't move my body. And I was like terrified, but I, I go, I am Brahma, I am Brahma, I am Brahma. And I fell back asleep. I had never even heard the word Brahma, <laughs> literally. And as wow. I start reading the book the next day, I was like on the first chapter, one of the, one of the lessons, it was like a dad or a king or something. He's talking to his three sons and he says, if you contemplate nothing else, contemplate I am Brahma. Wow. I mean, it's like, it's so powerful, but I knew That's I was crazy. supposed to have that book. And it's still to this day has never left my nightstand. If I travel, I take it, it's on my nightstand. So that's the second. And then the third would be this man named Dr. Pankaj Naram, who died in 2020. Um, he was a, an incredible teacher and he was an, on my YouTube channel. I, I made a couple of videos with him. They made had millions of views. And he was this holistic, a Ayurvedic doctor who could, he would take your pulse and he would tell you everything that's going on in your body. He literally would be like, oh yeah, your lung, blah, blah, blah. You're, you know, you have a, one time it was something so small. Like he would tell me, he's like, you have a something disc, whatever it's called when the disc is a little off in your spine. And he was like, and it's disc D5 or whatever. Like he told me which one it was for my pulse. And I got an x-ray and he was right. Wow. And I showed it in the video. Like it was like literally a slip disc. And it was like the one that he said it was. And so, I mean, he was, he was incredible, but he, he was actually um, a, a teacher or a healer for Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela, the Dalai Lama, like incredible people. He has wow. videos and pictures with them doing pulse healing on them. Um, he's incredible. And he would literally, sometimes I'd be afraid of like something I was going through and I'd call him in India. And from my voice, he would tell me whether I had that diagnosis or not. And he'd be like, no, no, you're fine. He'd be like, it's just this. Take some ghee, put some nutmeg, rub it in your, on your nostrils and you'll be fine. Like he was like that. It was incredible. <laughs> incredible. Wow. And, and he's come to me in ayahuasca ceremony. He's come to me before and said, tell my son this, like give him this message for me. And I would call his son in India and say, hey, your dad wants you to know so-and-so. And he'd be like, thank you so much for this. Wow. But um, really incredible guy, Dr. Naram, N-A-R-A-M. Um, 
so yeah i would say he was he was one of them just wow cool. remarkable yeah. thank you for sharing that yeah of course thanks for asking yeah wow so many uh you have such a charmed life so many interesting thank experiences you. thank you yeah, yeah it's, it's easier to see lot. someone else's charmed life than your own because you i'm <laughs> thinking the same about you <laughs> I've had a lot of crazy experiences too but i'm like whoa dude it's a roller coaster ride isn't yeah. it it's insane i knew this was going to be a fun one i'm glad we we finally got her done uh last thing is where can people find you on social websites stuff like that yeah um websites probably easy it's frank so frank e-l-a-r-i-d-i.com and that's where people book sessions too oh cool if they want to do a healing cool and so then, someone can do this remotely with you the oh yeah, yeah. most stuff. of my clients are remote cool yeah yeah most of them are like zoom zoom sessions yeah, yeah. yeah and um and then on social i'm only on instagram which is f like frank elaridi at f elaridi and then our YouTube channel is Modern Nirvana. And that's where you can, you know, watch all this trippy stuff we're talking about. Yeah, that's where I was watching the, um, the third, third eye, eye videos yeah, and yeah. stuff, right? So yeah, there's actually yeah. a third eye playlist on the Modern Nirvana YouTube channel. Right. So yeah. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, well, thanks yeah. for joining me, Thank dude. you, Luke. Yeah, Thank good you. To I see appreciate you. it. Yeah. Thanks. And move to Austin. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> no, no, Dallas is close. The conference. Conference yeah, will be in Austin. Yeah, yeah. It's good enough. Good enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Thanks, yeah. brother. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Yep. Boom. That's another one down, folks. Thank you so much for listening and really for your commitment to the inner journey of healing and awakening. I mean, really, the fact that you listen to podcasts like this one mean you are one of the few human beings on the planet that seek a deeper understanding of life's great mysteries and gifts. And I truly appreciate your presence and support immensely. I'm, I'm doing prayer hands right now. Like, thank you for joining me on these conversations from me to you. I know you can only hear my voice. I can't hear yours. But uh, I know you're out there. I'll be back with another banging episode next Tuesday. It's three ninety nine, man. We're almost up to four hundred episodes. It's incredible. I can't believe I've been doing this going on almost seven years now. And um, I guess not surprisingly, I'm still into it. I'm still passionate about every one of these conversations. So thank you uh, for allowing me to do that. And three ninety nine is called the Power of Hypnosis and Guided Meditation with Sarah Raymond. Another sort of um, interactive episode next week, we did a hypnosis session and then talked about it and a number of other things in that conversation. So I'm really excited to be back with you next week. And I also look forward to seeing many of you soon at Paleo FX, April 29th through May 1st, right here in Austin, Texas. You can get your tickets at lukestory.com slash events. And to learn more about Modern Nirvana and their upcoming 2022 conference, you can go to modernnirvana.com slash conference. And finally, as a listener to this show, I'm guessing you might want to enhance your health and join me in building the ultimate lifestyle. And I've made that really easy at my online store, which you can find at lukestory.com slash store. There you will find every single supplement and technology I've discovered in my 25 years of research and experimentation. There are sections there that help support you with sleep, EMF, blue light, herbs, superfoods, uh, skincare, fitness, water, and more. By shopping at my store, let me tell you something, you're not only going to save time in researching the best products for yourself, but also in many cases, save money with exclusive discounts offered there. So again, you can find my store at lukestory.com slash store. It's also a great way to support the podcast and all of our sponsors and all of my brand partners. Uh, but more than anything, I think it's just a way for you not to spend hours online trying to figure out the best stuff. I already did it, at least according to my level of understanding. So thank you for supporting yourself and the work I'm doing there at lukestory.com slash store.
Okay, that's it. Thank you so much. And I'll be back next week talking about hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs>